WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Band Radio Network for a Tuesday. Talk radio the way our founders intended. America, where in 2020 alone, more people died from putting foreign objects in their anus than have been killed by an AR-15 in the last five years. Day 1115. Uh, 15. Keep it the Eric in America. Say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. I know that uh, Heather's having some problems hearing us, but hello, Heather. Hi, guys. <laughs> Dark History Hour 3. Uh, our buddy Jonathan Morris after that. Your remarks dotted all over the place. This administration, uh, and it really is an insult to every one of us. They just think we're absolutely stupid. All of us. And it is uh, a bold-faced... Is it bold or bald? Bold. Bold? I've heard it both ways. Uh, a lie after lie. Especially when it comes to the border. I mean, A, they're in absolute, 100% naked defiance of the law and gaslighting every one of us with a straight face. It, it, it is really quite remarkable. Here is... Uh, it's a little loud because the Marine one is in the background. They catch him, uh, Grandpa, uh, uh, out running to the uh, to the helicopter. And they ask him. You hear? Oh. You've done everything you can do with executive authority. Is there more you can do? Absolutely not all I can do. Give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got an office. Give me the border control. Give me the people. Give me the people to judge. Give me the people who can stop this and make it work right. Give me the power. Give me the power. You should be offended by that. Um, here is the real, this is, give me the power. A, we all know, every single American, if you don't know, you should know. If you don't know, you're dumb. That the president of the United States is the the executive and can, with a stroke of a pen, shut down in, uh, immigration 100% into this country. And it will be so. They write it up in an executive order. He signs it. He could shut the border down in a heartbeat, not allow a single person to come into this country. And, and, and anyone that gets caught would be immediately turned around. And he has that absolute power. Here is Mike Johnson. Um, Thanks to all of you for being here. There is an inescapable fact that all the American people know, everybody, it doesn't matter what political party you're in, 
Joe Biden and his administration have created a catastrophe on the border. Everybody knows it. And the American people are demanding that we do something about it. We're trying. As you all well know, many months ago, the House Republican majority passed H.R. 2. That's our, our Secure the Border Act, which has all the necessary provisions to get this catastrophe under control. Why did we pass the legislation? We passed it because the president has refused to use his executive authority to reverse the catastrophe that he used his executive authority to create. That's the fact. We're desperate to try to get this done. We've been trying for nine months longer to reverse the damage that they've done. The president has refused to act. It's been noted this morning, today, the Homeland Security Committee will take the next necessary step that's available to us, marking up and passing articles of impeachment for Secretary Mayorkas. He has presided over and helped usher in the largest illegal immigration catastrophe in our nation's history. It's not even close. Again, this is a self-evident truth that everyone knows. He has willfully undermined America's laws. He's made false statements to Congress and the American people. He made false statements to me personally in the Judiciary Co uh, Committee many months ago. And he has handicapped law enforcement. That, that guy is, all, I mean, Mayorkas is only doing what he's told. I really believe that. I, you know, I think he knows that he should be, that this is wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. Yeah, he's always had that sniveling weasel look on his oh, face. That, lie right to your face. Just last week, we received word that more than 302,000 illegal immigrants crossed our border in December alone. 302,000 in one month. It continues. But, you know, that barely made headlines. Why? Because that's the new normal under Secretary Mayorkas' lack of leadership. And it is the result of a collection of deliberate policy choices by the Secretary and this administration. In fact, we've documented over 64 specific actions that the President and his administration have taken to undermine America's border security, starting within hours of President Biden's inauguration. Normally, presidents, as you know, use their first few days in office to set the tone for their entire term. Didn't Trump sign those immigration things on his first day? His executive orders, or that was a little later into his. I think it was later into his. Into his. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had the the first day executive order bonanza that, that Biden. Biden did. Hell, hell no, he did that on his first day. President Biden effectively dissolved our borders, and Secretary Mayorkas rolled out a welcome mat to millions and millions of illegal immigrants, and that's what we've seen for the past three years. It was just four months into his term as the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security that Mr. Mayorkas appeared before us and the Judiciary Committee, and I told him on that day in a, in a clip that many people have seen that he needed to prepare his resume because it became immediately apparent to us that he was not doing his job. In fact, he was undermining the very system that he was supposed to administer. <clears throat> so I don't know that he'll get out in the, uh, in, uh, you know, the Senate has to confirm it. I don't know that it'll happen. <clears throat> I, I don't know why it wouldn't. This is one of the first things, I think, you know, when you consider impeachment, oh, it'll never sail because it's, we're so divided and, you know, one, one party has one, one party has the other. But this is one of the very first things, I think, especially in this administration that I think some people in the Senate might agree with. Some Dems in the Senate might vote along with. Again, I think there will be some to. point that they will use him as a sacrificial lamb, that they'll say uh, the administration doesn't want to do this. But we know as a Democratic uh, as part of the Democratic Party, we look around and going, this is not looking good for us. Uh, it's hurting us for him to right. be there. Uh, so we'll we'll go through with this and get rid of him. Um, 
There's a lot more here from from Johnson, but I, I, that's enough. You get the you get the picture. Uh, but it's not just coming from the executive level, uh, where the denial happens. Uh, you know, from KJP, uh, from Mayorkas, from Biden himself. <clears throat> uh, it's also coming from from Congress. This is in the Mayorkas impeachment hearing. This is Congressman Robert Garcia. He's on the House floor. He's called down to big big poster department, and they've uh, <laughs> they ha- they made a poster for him, and it is a picture of a stream with several crocodiles or alligators in it. Listen to this hysteria. I, I, I will not yield. I want to remind the public that Donald Trump and House Republicans also have their own ideas for the border. So let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented. Here they are. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority. Go on. Another idea. He had me at alligators. You don't have to keep selling this one, all right? Uh, Plus, I'm already voting for the guy. (laughs) Plus, we get electrified fences, spikes. And spikes, hell yeah. Uh, Which I'm not sure how how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. So these claims, these wild claims, all come <clears throat> from a book. Uh, that wave of anti-Trump books that started to pop out about 2019, 2020. Well, they started in 2016, let's face it. But there was a huge wave. This comes, <clears throat> This these fantasy claims come from a book uh, It's entitled uh, Border Wars Inside Trump's Assault on Immigration. Written by Julie Hirschfield Davis, along with Michael D. Shear. And Julie Hirschfield Davis, a regular political analyst for CNN and MSNBC. Um, <clears throat> she, uh, she appeared in a documentary called The Fourth Estate, released by Showtime, which showed the uh, uh, New York Times coverage of the first year of Donald Trump's administration. She's an anti-Trump person, and she claims in the book that these come from, <clears throat> quote, sources of hers, from within the White House that overheard these things. Like they said, Trump wanted to shoot. Well, actually, uh, shooting migrants came from uh, a member of the audience in a, at a Trump rally mm-hmm. or a speech. It's, Can we shoot him? No, no, but they later claim that, uh, that Trump wanted to shoot them. Hold on, we're, <laughs> it's so funny. But they had to say, no, no, Mr. President, that's illegal. Oh, then, uh, could we shoot them in the leg then, uh, which is less fatal? No, 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 Mr. President, we can't shoot them. That's illegal. We can't shoot them in the leg. Uh, the president often talked about fortifying the border with a water-filled trench stocked with snakes or alligators and prompted his aides to seek a cost estimate. Come on. And he also wanted to electrify the fence with spikes on top that could, quote, pierce human flesh. I don't want the spikes that don't pierce the human flesh. You know what I mean, Phil? Because those are useless. Let's get the ones that, you know, that really pierce the flesh. 
Yeah, it was down in Florida. I saw that Gatorland thing. Call them, see if they can get us. Can some call money. those people at Gatorland. <laughs> and, uh, we'll send the truck over there. They picked up some. Maybe they can deliver them. <laughs> and then they go on to say, hey, Trump. Uh, he uh, he he was. Uh, his order to close the border was a decision point that touched off a frenzied week of presidential rages around the clock. Staff panic and far more White House turmoil than was ever known at the time. By the end of the week, the seat of the pants president had backed off his threats, but had retaliated with beginning the purge of the aides who had tried to contain him. See, there are aides there. You know, not, not important people, just aides. And they're just trying to contain this maniac. I mean, this guy... Why don't we uh, do this, uh, Phil? Let's get posts. We'll tie the uh, illegals to the post and put some ants at the bottom and put... Uh, can we do ants? I think we get some fire ants. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President, you've, you've got to calm down. You're... <laughs> can we use the babies as bait to bring in <laughs> cougars? The cougars will scare them away. <laughs> oh, my God. It is. I mean... Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Just like a, a, a Democrat in a uh, in a, uh, uh, a hearing about impeaching the man that is largely responsible for ignoring his job and uh, ten million, eight million, whatever it is. Let's just call it eight from now here on in, in case it, unless it turns to nine, eight million illegals into this country through a uh, asylum um, parole loophole. That Trump closed by uh, his executive order, remain in Mexico. You've, I've talked about it till I'm blue in the face. You know what I'm talking about. Everyone should know what we're talking about. And those reporters that, that, that Biden approached, they should have immediately volleyed back. What about putting remain in Mexico back in place, Mr. President? What about that you're the president and you already have those powers you to have do all, whatever you, you want? Got, he is, yeah, give me the power. You have the power. Like, does he think this is the same, like, when it comes to war and conflicts where you do have to go to Congress and actually ask for money allotment to declare... Okay, let's do this. Why don't, why don't the GOP run house get together and, uh, I don't even know what you call it, ha- have a vote that they all agree to give him the power to, to close the border. Okay, here's the bill to give you the power to close the border, even though it's kind of redundant if you read the Constitution. But there it is, boom, in black and white, it passed. You now have the power. Now what? I need a, uh, the beer and, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Border Patrol people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something else. I need you to tell me I can let 5,000 people in a day because that's <clears> what I still want. Yeah. That's the bill I want. It gives oh, gives him the power, but continue to let 5,000 people in a day. Oh. Ooh. It's, it's just, it's just <clears throat> mind-numbing. Here is the, well, I don't have, I have some of it. Oh, did I save it? I actually found Mother of Pearl. Uh, maybe I didn't. Son of a bitch. Well, I'll get it. I'll find it again. Uh, the day, he's the first day of his office. He's sitting there at a desk with a stack of them, and he tells you what he's doing. Biden, he, he said, this was I knew what Donald Trump's uh, immigration policy was a stain on America. He just undid it, uh, and that and he actually filmed himself doing it and described himself doing it. It's out there. I, I mean, I just I can't believe I didn't save it. Sometimes I. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, Trump's border fantasy. 
That's the title of that article. Trump's border face had offended You know what I think also? I think the legacy media doesn't like President Biden at all. As a matter of fact, I think that they disagree with the majority of his policies. But they, 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 when they, when the microphone is on, the camera is on, they go, they, they're lying through their teeth. They don't even believe it or feel it in their heart themselves. I want to play a clip for you. We had to clean up. It was Joy Reid uh, talking about, what was she talking about? Uh, oh, uh, the border crisis. And then, of course, you know, whenever they bring up the border, they go right to, oh, yeah, but Trump, blah, 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 blah. Trump's trying to sabotage it. Trump, Trump, Trump. And then they go to a, uh, an audio piece. Her mic is on. And she says something really, uh, we had to have clean enough. She'll potty mouth Joy Reid. But it's obvious she doesn't like this president. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue. Now listen. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to get it done. Starting another war. <laughs> Starting another Still effing war. Starting another effing war. That's what she thinks. She's upset that she, she believes he's starting another effing war. Which sounds like she has a great displeasure for that. I, I really don't think that the legacy media likes him. I don't think, I, don't, I, I think that the country be damned. They don't give a rat's ass. They're going to do what they're told. Regardless, and if you want to work here at at uh, where is she MSNBC? If you want to work at MSNBC, this is how we this is our this is what we think. Well, I don't believe in it. Well, well, then then you know either toe the line or we'll get someone that will. Right? Here's the big book of things you're supposed to think. Here's yeah, here's the book of stuff you're supposed to believe. <clears throat> and that is just, I just don't think. Why would she ever say that? She did a half-ass apology on it. Um, but that's it. I don't, I think, I think behind, you know, when I hear guys, uh, Greg Gutfeld, I don't really watch much on Fox anymore, uh, except for Gutfeld. If I'm up, uh, I, I, I can't, those guys believe it. You could tell in the delivery, they believe it. You know, they sound genuine and there's less opportunity in the content of the news that, ju- that, uh, Joy Reid would deliver for her to hate on Biden or be honest about her feelings on Biden. And instead, all of her anger is immediately turned toward Trump. It's Trump sabotaging the uh, the Biden's border deal because Trump behind the lines is telling people not to sign it. We can't pass it because he wants the uh, he wants the crisis to continue so he can campaign on it. So he's telling them not to do anything about it, even though signing this bill would do nothing about it. It would make what's happening right now the status quo for here on in. I mean, it's it's obvious, uh, you know, TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. When you look at, again, we're having a hearing to impeach the uh, Mayorkas and old Garcia from California is like, call down to his guys. Hey, I need alligators. Go, I need alligators on a poster board. And we're going <laughs> to, instead of talking about the guy who's doing terrible right now, we're going to talk about the ideas that the previous yes. sitting president and had. And see if you can find me one of those spikes and a raw steak. I want to demonstrate how it tears flesh. <laughs> yeah, right. just like the ones around right. the White House walls do not tear right, flesh when yeah. you try to go over them. They always redirect. Well, always redirect. I think it's so dishonest when you're living the same hell hole that everyone else is living in. 
and you know that you know it's uh, it's it's a you know they want a war, and you know that this is a deliberate flood of illegals into the nation. But don't say anything about it while the microphone's hot. Ugh. Why don't we get the little migrant children and whip them with Hot Wheels tracks until they cry? That taught me a lesson when I was, and then send them back across the border. Said, so "Don't come back." Um, when we return, uh, Corey Bush is in a little bit of heat. Man, he, I'll tell you what, the year elected uh, representatives, your Democrats, they loved the nepotism. They loved to hire and pay their family from Maxine Waters' daughter, who became a millionaire, making a flyer, I think, to Cori Bush, the, uh, the defund the police, but hire private security representative. Stick around. It's a Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice. But wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is... If you can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. You've got support. You can't control the chaos, but you can chart your way through it. Steady yourself. Take a breath. You're not alone. more at maketheconnection.net Human uh, suffering. In Denver, they got so many illegals there, they, they're limiting the number of days they can sleep in a shelter and once they've hit those days, you're on the streets. Where are they going to go? I'm not really sure. Um, I'm sure they don't know where they're going to go either. And it's awfully cold right now in Denver. Um, they're left with no choice. Oh, so it's okay to make human popsicles, but if you put a couple snakes in a trench, then you're evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you want, you want spikes to tear human flesh, you're some type of monster. But let's throw out... Uh, uh, these illegal aliens out on the street to freeze to death in, in Denver. Uh, the Denver Health Department would like the feds to also cough up the $10 million they've spent uh, in medical bills for the illegal aliens there. I mean, that's that's inhumane. You're kicking them into the streets, into the cold in Denver, Colorado. But you have no choice because this administration has made this happen. They created this crisis. It's going to end in suffering. It's going to end in, the, in a rise in crime. You can, in, in cities where they don't need any more rise in crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it's, think uh, the, uh, the, the homeless and the carjacking problems are bad. Just wait until those people are finally removed from the housing that they're being given for free. Because it's going to happen. They're right. not going to get this forever. And they've got no way to, no means to, to, you know, to pay for their, their own shelter. 
Well, they'll find some means at your expense. Elon, at the same time, Elon Omar is facing calls to resign and disgrace over that, that speech where she's in a, a Somali first and she refers to our president and then she goes, ah, oh, I meant the president of Somali. And she's just, she should resign, I think. It was really appalling. It's in Somali and it's annoying to listen to, but um, she says, as Somalis, one day we will go after our missing territories. I don't know what that means. Uh, but Corey Bush, also a, there's a lot of squad member people just going out of their minds today. Uh, Corey Bush under fire because she's, uh, they're investigating her for spending federal funds on her personal security. Uh, she claims that that's poppycock. Uh, I hold myself my campaign, and my position to the highest levels of integrity. Uh I also believe in transparency, which is why I can confirm that the Department of Justice is reviewing my campaign spending on security services. Is it, is it transparency when you cut, when you come out and talk about it after it's been made news or? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) We are fully cooperating with this investigation and I would like to take this opportunity to outline the facts Mm -hmm. and the truth. Since before I was sworn into office, I have endured relentless threats to my physical safety. Um, if I saw Corey Bush at a, in a restaurant, I wouldn't, you know, she's, she's not that prominent other than the, the hinky stuff she does. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be able to really honestly point out. Corey Bush. And I'm not saying they all look the same. I'm just saying she's not that, you know, recognizable. In life, as a rank and file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible Mm -hmm. to retain security services. I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. Any reporting that I have used funds for for personal security is simply false. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me, peddling notions that I have misused campaign funds to pay for personal security services. That simply is not true. I have complied with all applicable laws and House rules and will continue to prioritize the rules that govern us as federal elected officials. In particular, the nature of these allegations have been around my husband's role on the campaign. In accordance with all applicable uh, rules, I retained my husband as part of my security team to provide security services because he has had extensive experience in this area and is able to provide the necessary services at or or below fair market rate. At or below fair market rate, you think? No. These frivolous complaints have resulted in a number of investigations, some of which are still ongoing. The Federal Election Commission and the House Committee on Ethics are currently reviewing the matter, as is the Department of Justice. We are fully cooperating in all these pending investigations. In September of last year, 2023, after conducting a month-long investigation, the Office of Congressional Ethics found no wrongdoing and oh. voted unanimously to dismiss the case. Oh, the Congressional Ethics cleared it. That's okay. We all know they've got integrity. Um, you know, this is uh, the same woman 
who, who, as she was clamoring to defund the police, talked about how important it was for her to be secure. I also get a kick out of her saying it's a bunch of right-wing organizations. It's the Department of Justice is the <laughs> yeah. one that has subpoenaed her for these records. It's not exactly known for being a whole right-wing organization <laughs> yeah, no, right Yeah, now. we're exactly the opposite. Make sure I have security because I know I have clip. had attempts on my life. And I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if Remember I- this? Yeah, and I remember there was, I don't know if it's, I think it's in this clip, but there was a reporter like, can you name any of these uh, attacks on your life? I don't know if I have all of that. And she was like, no, no. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life. And I have. T- Has she had an attempt? And a real, and a, that's, that's, a death threat is our words. Although, you know, they're, they're illegal uh, and they should be, uh, you know, d- uh, investigated. But an, an actual attempt on her life? No. An attempt? I don't think so. Too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now. So I got to spend this money to protect me because I'm dead. I can't help all these people. I, I have too much work to do to too many people to help for, for someone to, uh, to kill me right now. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I wouldn't just hire any normal security firm that's licensed for that type of thing. I got to hire my boyfriend. Yeah. For me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety. The wealthy. How could she say that in the same breath? <laughs> the world is so unsafe that I'm getting death threats. I have to, I have to have this. Uh, and, 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 you know... And we got to defund these police, though, man. We got to put that money somewhere else. This is a clip. Uh, whoa. She's asking, uh, the, she's being asked about how much rich people should be tasked. It just sounds horrible. What percentage? So you're saying that 40, you're, you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm asking what percentage is a fair share. Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going it to does. taxes. It does. Well, it does. I'm trying to understand it, because you realize the ta- effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right? Okay, so first of all, um, I'm not the poor. I'm very close to that line, but I'm not the poor. Okay, so the effective, tax rate on the, the effective tax rate on the middle class okay. is less than it is on the rich, correct? What fair share would you like to change the tax rate to on the wealthiest what percentage of Americans so it's a fair share? So let's say the wealthy 1% could pay, let's say if they pay Let's just give them 45%. Just pull that right out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like 45%. Yeah, yeah, 45 sounds good. Let's just do that. Um, mixed responses to what looked like a scene from a movie. If you see the security footage of the IDF Special Forces dressed up as women, dressed up as medics, dressed up as normal civilians as they enter a hospital in the West Bank uh, to uh, on on a tip that 
you've got militants in there. Hamas was in there, and they're there. It, it, they're, they stormed the the, uh, the hospital today or this morning over there, uh, and they killed three Palestinian militants. Uh, they said, meanwhile, they've ruled out a military withdrawal in Gaza. But the they opened fire inside the wards of the Ibn Sina Hospital in the West Bank town of Janine. They condemned the uh, everyone else is condemning this raid. Called it an international community to pressure the Israel to assault such operations. But they were using the hospital as a hideout, providing them. They had uh, uh, they provided uh, no evidence yet, but they said they have evidence. They were using it to plan attacks. They were using it to compile weapons. They were to and to use it as a base of the headquarters of another October seventh style attack. In some uh, in northern Israel, I mean, it looks they're wearing some. Some are wearing scrubs. There was one guy with a uh, dresses an old lady. Looks like she had an umbrella, but the umbrella's a machine gun. She pulls out like, uh, the footage. I could was the guy in the wheelchair also in a yes. IDF or was he just in the way? Because I see a guy like roll away, and then all of a sudden, no, then, like, he, then he picks up the <laughs> he picks up the wheelchair and collapses and starts walking with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, you know, but the comments from anti-Semites on this is just, oh, it's a, that's a war crime. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a war crime to dress up as a, in disguise to, to, to kill a, a, yeah, a team of, of five uh, soldiers were in there, got in there and killed them instead of having to bring in uh, 50 soldiers to take right. down that place and civilians get in the way. Mm. They're not done yet. They said they might need another year. Biden is starting to turn around on his, uh, on you know, he, he may start calling for a ceasefire. And if he does, I, I, something tells me Bibi Netanyahu's not going to submit to it. He didn't want to leave, uh, you know, anything, any, anything else for them to reassemble. Oh. Um, this Neuralink. Um, seems like a lot of work. Uh, I don't. We don't know about the, the, much about the first patient to have it put in, other than the fact that uh, he or she is recovering from the surgery quite well, and they've noticed a spike in neuro something or other. Yeah, there seems to be some activation going on. His head hasn't exploded yet, so they're win-win so far. Right. Um. This. I don't know why it is so controversial to want to help people that have lost their ability to speak to, in, to speak and to help people that have suffered some type of paralysis to to move again and have use of their limbs again but apparently it is um but when you listen there's a this is a british report and it sounds like a tool of convenience uh, mostly the joy of connecting with your loved ones browsing the web or even playing games using only your thoughts this is made possible by placing a small, cosmetically invisible implant in a part of your brain that plans movements. Hmm. The device is designed to interpret your neural activity so you can operate a computer or a smartphone by simply thinking about moving. It's a... It's going to take some getting used to, I think. Yeah. It's, I mean, these are... This is cyborg stuff. Yeah, totally. No wires or physical movement are required. By participating in the Prime Study, you'd be helping to redefine the boundaries of human capability. 
If you've been living with quadriplegia from a spinal cord injury... Don't get me wrong. If I have some type of paralysis or whatever, I'm, 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 in, I'm in. If I get a chance to walk again or move my arms again yeah. or masturbate again or, you know... Turn, I'm a quadriplegic. You cut my head open and stick whatever you want in there. Let's go. But at the beginning of it, okay, doesn't it sound like, like some people will be like, hey... I can play games without even touching anything with my with my brain. I mean that and that turns into you don't you don't even need the, the the controller for a game anymore. You're doing it all in your head somehow, and that sounds pretty. I think to some people, hey, that'd be pretty cool. Well, yeah, of course. Those what are the those are the people like wait. I can play video games with mine while I still eat pizza and masturbate. <laughs> How much is one of these running? The macaque. Uh, had the uh, chip playing Pong. That pretty much shocked everybody. It was using a joystick manual and then operating it only with its mind. Uh, they put Bluetooth-enabled chips into the brains of a lot of monkeys and so that they could computer, communicate with computers. And some of them suffered infections from the implanted electrodes. Uh, you know, people complained about it. They've used 1,500 animals, including 280 sheep, pigs, monkeys, uh, in in the in this Neuralink Neuralink testing process. I mean, you have to test it. I mean, well, yeah. Anytime you're messing with minds, that uh, you actually do a little surgery, you're going to have to test on everything. I don't really understand exactly how it works, uh, but I think it's an important thing to have. But, you know, all things that are like kind of sound great, in the end, they're used for evil. Right? Well, what kind of evil could you do with that other than maybe uh, Elon's got some switch around and you just flip a switch. He's like, ah, I got a bunch of zombie people now. Right. But if Dr. Evil gets his hands on it, he can implant it on, implant them in, I don't know, a bunch of uh, 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 apes, uh, giant chimpanzees, and, and uh, turn them into killers. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're still about 100 or so years before the Great Ape War, so. Uh, it's, it'll happen, but I think we've got a little while. I'm all for helping people that are immobile for, from, from what, for whatever reason, or have lost their ability to communicate, uh, you know. Well, that, well, what's his name? Hawking died way too young, huh? Yeah. He could have really benefited from this. Although he kind of had it figured out, but that was his eye movement, wasn't it? Yeah, well. That's so analog. We've learned some things since his death that maybe he being confined to that wheelchair was a good thing. (laughs) We can't stop him from helping people. It's it's amazing. Um, I like this story, and I I just thought I would... uh, I think it's a good idea. People that are dealing with so much student debt right now and, and, and really a lot of people, you know, how many people that, that have are holding on a student debt or have student debt at all, or actually working in the field of their study. You know what I mean? It's all, you know, my little brother's in, very few. <laughs> my little brother's in it. He's got a degree in biology. Uh, I, I get, you know, it's an experience, it's education, blah, blah, blah. This kid, Milo Klotzkin, decided not to go to college at all. He was a senior at Jackson Memorial High School in New Jersey. He was making solid A's and B's. He was accepted at Monmouth University and planned to go uh, to that college to study finance with a minor in pre-law. 
that over the summer, he heard about a bagel shop in Lakehurst that was coming up for sale, and he bought it. He took out $250,000 with his dad as a co-signer, uh, and that's roughly what he might have been stuck with with a student loan, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of taking out loans for his undergraduate education, he bought a bagel joint. He said, look, I could have gone through all that school and not even be guaranteed a job. I always had a passion for making people happy, and you could do that with food, and uh, he's off to the races. I know that not, that's not an opportunity that for everybody, but, I mean, you have a more of a, you could see the path of your future, right, owning a bagel joint than you can getting out of, you know, 40 years you get out of college, which you don't know what your path is. Yeah, and the risks are the same. I mean, you could own, start that bagel joint, and yep. uh, COVID happens again. They shut down your place, and you've lost your bagel joint, and you've lost much money. Right. But you also have an idea what you're doing with your life at that point. Uh, he, uh, he says it's a different lifestyle. Well, you know what my friends are doing and what I'm doing. They get up at 9 a.m. going to classes. I'm getting up at 4 a.m. to make bagels to get the business going. Everybody has a different path. Uh, they say so. Uh, so far, it's uh, business is good. Uh, they, they've surged seven percent in the last uh, quarter, uh, and they've expanded into donuts, the donut area. Handy scouting for a second location. It's a good idea slipping into the donut area. Yeah, that's a you know you can't find bagels at a donut joint typically. No. Bagels are an art form. I mean, yeah, you yeah. can, there's good bagels and there's really bad bagels. It's all about the water. That's what I hear. Mm. It's that the, New York water helps it. It helps the, yeah. It's the uh, alkalinity in the water, I think, is what it is. So it's harder water. Something, no, New York's got this weird little tiny shrimp inside their water. <laughs> <laughs> I go to McKim's. Uh, Hair salon's right next door to the, one of the best bagel joints in town, the Bagel King. It's awesome. Last time I went in, they had Bob the Love Sponge on their uh, TV. They're streaming his Twitch show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just, you know, it's I, I, he said um, uh, college was uh, always preached to us and pushed to him and his, and his siblings all throughout his uh, young life, and you know, mainly uh, it was pushed on me mainly from my dad. Um, and I decided it wasn't right for me. I mean, I'm uh, 100% behind that. I was the same way. Uh, I got into uh, college. I had a, a scholarship. Uh, most of it, like 75% paid off. Um, and I just didn't enjoy it. I was there two years. Uh, wasn't feeling it. And I left and continued on. Went and find something I actually enjoyed doing. There's no reason I would have probably been uh, $25,000, $30,000 in debt because I would have had to take out oh, yeah. more loans to cover what wasn't covered by my scholarship, and I wasn't enjoying being there. Yeah. He said, I'd like to show young kids how to make money and how to open a business younger, not do it the college route. The college route is not for everybody. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, if you are headed to the Super Bowl and you... Uh, uh, you know, you take your G5 out and take some of your buddies. And he hadn't called ahead and gotten a parking spot. You're going to be SOL. They're full at Harry Reid Airport. 
I don't know if any like touch and goes. Just drop down, dump some people out, take off. I think that's what they have to do that in, and go to another airport, which is Henderson Airport. Uh, but some of the people are like mm, could be some traffic. We like to come in early on the Sunday and you know have a brunch, then uh, go down to the stadium, see the game, and hosh, hog, you know, do the hoi polloi, and 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 then we get to zip back to New York afterwards because it's who I got to get to work. This this is going to be an interesting one. Is this is a a test on on setting up and all the things that go with? Because not only is it the Super Bowl, it's still Vegas. There's going to be so much Super Bowl plus Vegas. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if they're on high alert. It's Super Bowl. It's Vegas. Any Super Bowl's got to have just oh the the security's crazy. But also the hookers, the money is going to be massive. oh yeah. Oh, the brothels. Mm-hmm. I did. I did the. Uh, I forget what they call the days before the days leading up to the uh, Super Bowl. We have a press. They bring all the all these people through the the press, and uh, we did it for a couple of days before. The, well, I forget the number, but it was the one that was at the Falcons Mercedes Benz Stadium. Okay. And we met a ton of cool people from wrestlers and, and football players and. Uh, it was, but boy, let me tell you something. It was security was a big effing deal. We saw some guys get drug out <clears throat> because they held up their security badges that allow your interest and, for social media. And the NFL got wind of it and it, pff, you're out because you share, because you, you know, that could be, I don't know if they could be used to make a phony, phony baloney one or what, but. Oh, um, so. You'll have to go and rent a uh, a sprinter van from down the uh, uh, the other airport. Or if you're you know if you're really cool, you're just late, no plan. Well, just get a, a chopper yourself in. Just get a uh, you know get a helicopter and land at Henderson and chopper over to Harry Reid. Yeah, I actually heard they're going to parachute Taylor into the stadium. <laughs> yes, yeah, so don't worry, she's going to have plenty. Don't worry about her. She they've got her parking space already figured out. And she's jumping on that plane right after her concert in Japan. Uh, when we return, uh, <laughs> don't worry about China interfering in the 2024. Not going to happen. How do I know? Because she, Xi Jinping, promised he wouldn't do it. Hang on. It's a Shannon Berg show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. On the Wall Street Journal and Axios. Layoffs and restructuring. Yep. Man, what's happening to media? We don't need them. You've got us. Uh, Biden may not go to the uh, ceremony for the return of the three. I think he finally officially said he'll be there. Jesus. Now, will he be sad about it because he was supposed to have ice cream Sundays? Yeah. <laughs> they told him to let him go through the McDonald's drive through after, though, and get a happy meal. He'll be fine. Come on, I gotta go. My happy meal. Some old blog posts have revealed squad member Jamal Bowman, the uh, the fire alarm guy, uh, is a cons- 
911 conspiracy guy while he was serving as a New York City principal. He was the principal at Cornerstone Academy uh, for social action in the Bronx. Um, <clears throat> he claimed that Osama bin Laden, a Saudi native, was blamed for the attacks. It's an excuse to wage war on Afghanistan, when in fact the terror leader had openly taken credit for it. Investigators determined Building 7 buckled under debris from the Twin Towers and a fire. He believes that it was, you know, killed on pur- pulled down on purpose. <clears throat> he also believes in the... Uh, Zeitgeist that Jews and globalist bankers were behind the tragedy to influence influence U.S. to go to war and take on more debt. Hmm. He has openly commemorated the anniversaries of the attacks without saying, you know. Uh, he he told the Daily Beast that he regrets his past blog posts, but did not clarify why he wrote them. <laughs> Man, there was so, that was the biggest, that was such a, you know, a rash of 911 was an inside job. Movies, Loose Change, and then Loose Change 2, because, you know, we made so much on the first one, we got some more on the second one. Loose Change, even looser change. <laughs> yeah, Loose Change, even looser. Um, <clears throat> yeah. He's a bit of a nutnick. Uh, Austin is the latest outfit to go racist on us. It's a real liberal city, so uh, this is a weird phenomenon we're witnessing. I think as a as a society, where people in in the name of anti racism do the most racist things possible. They've had to, uh, the city of Austin, the Austin City Agency. They had offered racially segregated anti racist training for white folks and people of color. They've apologized after white employees were told not to attend a meeting. They invited employees to a racially segregated meetings in January. An email reveals Austin Parks and Recreations Department Equity and Inclusion Coordinator oof, invited employees to attend an, uh, an anti-racist affinity spaces consisting of two separate trainings segregated by race as a part of equity and inclusion program. For people of color, once a month, uh... Austin uh, Parks and Rec employees of color will meet up at various city sites. The first one and a half hours will be for fostering dialogue. The last 30 minutes will be for networking. The monthly space will offer folks the opportunities to gather and connect with other uh, park employees of color, share about their personal and professional experiences with racism, and learn about mentoring uh, and job opportunities for professional development. I always love with the descriptions of that because are are they really getting together? And they're like, okay, uh, we first half an hour and a half, we're talking about some stuff, and then the last thirty minutes is networking. At which point they they wander around like, hey, have you been? Has anything racist happened to you? Yeah, if some racist happened to you. They literally put it in the description to, to let's talk about our racial experiences we've had. And I don't, I don't understand what they get out of it at the end. More angry at white people? I guess it would appear. And it's funny because you couldn't even get away with that if you were to uh, say. Yes, we're going to bring a, a bunch of uh, white people together, and nobody, uh, only whites are allowed on it, uh, but we're looking inward at our own racist attitudes, but we, no, no whites, uh, no, no non-whites. We're looking, we're looking inward at your racist attitudes. Yeah. That's what we're doing. I mean, that's racist. It's absolutely, you excluded a race. It doesn't pass constitutional musters. It's not, 
it violates the Civil Rights Act. It just doesn't make any sense. How do you have a seminar on anti-racism when you spend the whole time not having the two groups together to talk about the racism? Uh, uh, certain meetings. Uh, their attorney says, it's terrible the city is splitting up employees by race and telling white employees they can't attend certain meetings. Oh, it's an Austin area attorney, Adam Lowy. This is racism. It should be condemned, as it rightly would be if black employees were excluded from meetings. Uh, I'm shocked this is even happening in, in the city of Austin. <clears throat> in the name of equity, diversity, and inclusion, we do some really racist things. We have no diversity, and we exclude. The equity, right. I don't know. It's a probably, I don't know. It's probably equitable in some way, but. I don't see how it's equitable. Um, president of the Austin Police Retired uh, Associated Officers Association says, uh, seems they missed a great opportunity to bring everyone together. And instead, what they're proposing is divisive at best and racist at worst, <clears throat> with multiple issues with homelessness, homelessness in the parks. And recently, a young man was attacked with a machete. Uh, that has changed his life forever. And this is what the Parks and Recs Department is worried about. Some 19-year-old got a, a, attacked. Uh, he continues, and plus, it seems the equity and inclusion office isn't for white folks at all. In their words, it's more interested in pitting workers against each other. Imagine if you flipped the, uh, the flyer and said people of color weren't allowed at the meeting because white people, uh, what would that reaction be? There would be no, there, this should be no different. They're promoting discrimination against white people. What's an affinity group? That's a good question. What you would consider that? They say segregated affinity groups have been increasingly popular as part of overall DEI push from the progressives. Uh, and opponents have pushed to remove those kinds of training from public institutions and city governments. Uh, so from Indeed.com, an affinity group uh, are valuable assets for companies. What is an affinity uh, Understand the affinity group definition. Uh, affinity group or employee resource group is a collection of individuals who share a common identity characteristic which can be a wide range of things. The unifying characteristic is usually something traditionally underrepresented can make the people in that group feel isolated. So it is racist segre it's segregation groups. Right. It's a bunch of people saying uh, we're having a, a women's affinity group, so no men. Uh, we're having a uh, LGBT affinity group, so, so no you, straight people. So you get also you get together with your, your like-minded people and you show affinity for one another. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, man. That is, I wonder if at some point it's all going to come full circle to them, to the two liberal people, you know, who have battled against the evils of racism. And, uh, and then they realize what they're doing is essentially racist. But I guess they're trying to make up for white racism by doing some racist stuff against white people to show them, teach them a lesson. I don't know if they if you just say so, if you are. I really don't get it. Man, Iran contracted out a, a, a hit. Iran's assassination network contracted a hit on, uh, on a, a, a dissident who fled America, a, a Canadian national, Damien Patrick John Ryan who's a member of the outlaw motorcycle group Hells Angels, is said to have worked closely with Iranian narcotics trafficker Naji Sharif Zinshiaishti between 2020 and 2021 to plan the assassination of a person who defected from Iran 
and fled to Maryland. Uh, he was going to get paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's good hitman money. Hell yeah. Then he recruited a fellow Canadian, uh, Adam Pearson, who is an affiliate of his motorcycle group to assist in carrying out the murders. Uh, they're currently incarcerated abroad on unrelated criminal matters. Wow. Uh, the, in the indictment, the DOJ says that the drug dealer, Zindashti, was operating out of Iran, uh, who they allege is the Assassination Network's leader, using encrypted messaging service to contact recruit individuals like Ryan to carry out the kidnapping and assassinations of Iran's perceived critics. Is there two sets of departments? So the Iranian Assassin Department calls up the Hell's Angel Assassin Department? Yeah. He goes, hey, you guys got any, uh, any guys available uh, to do some hits for us? Yeah. 350000 You got to kill a guy in Maryland. Sounds like a yeah. Sounds like easy work. <laughs> um, the uh, they've all been charged with conspiracy to use interstate commerce uh, in the commission of a murder for hire plot. The U.S. and the U.K. have also announced they're taking joint action against Zindashti and his associates. They're now prohibited from engaging in any transaction or dealing that involves American citizens or is on American soil. To those in Iran who plot murders in, on U.S. soils and the criminal actors who work with them. Let today's charges send a clear message. The DOJ will pursue you as long as it takes, and wherever you are, deliver the justice. I wonder how they... they got to have someone in the Iranian uh, assassination network who's... I mean, you just don't go down to the Hell's Angels clubhouse and go, Hey, I'm looking for a hitman. That's what I said. Is there like a number you call? Do they got like a little card? <laughs> yeah, they got a card. Here, right, just call uh, Sarah. She was the, the receptionist down at the... Uh, that was all our assassination yeah. scheduling down at the uh, Hells Angels. <laughs> <laughs> See if she can get you on the schedule. <laughs> wow, that's wild. They don't... Uh, man, that means Iran's going to find you. If you're you know a dissident and you've... Uh, Slipped away, and you're criticizing Iran somewhere else, especially in the West. They want you dead. Was the Hells Angels the first group they called? Was there others, some like mid level assassination groups? That you know, like the outlaws are like, that sounds too international for us. Yeah. I, don't know. I just don't know why it was the first thought for the what? Iranians where the, that Iranian group was like, hey, you know, if someone needs to be killed in the U.S., call the Hells Angels. Um, I, you know, if you had to, uh, if you wanted that done, <laughs> that's probably where you'd go. I don't know if you call them directly, or you kind of worm your way and talk. You know, got to find a way in and get an introduction. And yeah, I think uh, I have a feeling if I was to like knock on a Hell's Angels club a clubhouse and ask him to assassinate somebody, I'm probably going to get pulled out back somewhere because I think I'm a, some sort of informant. Right. Oh yeah. If you just <laughs> yeah, you've got to have an introduction, man. Heidi ho, fellow bikers. <laughs> I went to. A, I was invited to. A, a party at a clubhouse of a group, a, gang, a club, rather, uh, by a guy named Wheels, super nice guy. And I was there, and I was with Wheels. They, they thought this guy hung the moon. Wheels was way up in there. And everyone was really nice there. And it's a couple of guys came up. They didn't know who I was. I'm just standing there. They're, who the hell are you? I said, uh, I'm with Wheels. So they're, oh, I'm sorry. Can I get you a beer? I'm going to get you a beer, man. Sit down. <laughs> uh, um. This, we thought that robots were going to be the solution to everything. And I guess if you have a whole ton of them, someone has to take care of them, right? Um, 
they create work for some people. They, uh, you know, guys like Amazon in the warehouse. They, uh, she runs around. She's a wrangler. Things happen with their eyes where they see uh, the, the sensors are get stuff on them and need to be cleaned up to get off track. Uh, in in one instance, one was covered in white paint <laughs> and was stuck after an accidental spill. Uh, didn't know what to do. Uh, it worked. And this this lady goes over to wipe off, or it's a dude or lady. It's, it's a lady. Lady Car- Caroline. She wipes the stuff off the worker's eyes. And, or, you know, wherever it, you know, and, and then it goes about its business. So 21% of warehouses use some form of robotics. So the, is this, is this a, a good news for the robot age that there's still going to be somebody there in case something happens? They'll, so a hot 400 jobs replaced by uh, one robot wrangler. Well, well robots like and robots. Five or six robot wranglers. You think? Yeah, you can't just have one robot wrangler. She's a robot tech and a trainer at Amazon among a new class of workers responsible for corralling and managing these robots, fixing minor maintenance issues, and keeping tabs on their locations. Uh, they say the machines they work with tend to perform their tasks with precision, but also a little naivete. Some devices get a reputation. One robot she works with, a device called a drive, she named Blinky. Uh, has known for its misbehavior. Its robotic arm tries to set something down on Blinky's conveyor belt. Blinky will move the belt too quickly and bungle the transfer, blah, 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 blah. So there got to be somebody. I guess you got to adjust things and maintain them. Well, you also have to beat that attitude out of Blinky, too. Yeah. Is there a way you could discipline these robots? <laughs> uh, I've seen some of these things. They're pretty awesome. Um. One that would, that had tracks on the outside of the shelving where all these parts are stored or, you know, whatever. It just rows and rows of these floor to ceiling shelves and there's tracks on the ground and tracks on the, on the sides, the, on the metal in the shelves. And they think, over there, just climb up, then go down a row and pick something up and until they all get together one day and decide we can no longer be wrangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blinky's tired of your crap and holds you down and strangles you because he has robot strength. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or uses his pinchers to choke you to death. Um, one guy, a robot engineer in California, said conveying a message to these robots isn't often very hard. People envision robots as these completely intelligent Terminator level things, and they're really pretty silly. Uh, one weekend, he was working overtime. He set up a robot to stand the mater- stand the material, then retreated to a nearby room to watch. The robot began moving, and he realized he had forgotten to send a critical control. The bot was an uh, unalterable path directly towards a very expensive fiberglass panel, uh, and it put a giant hole in the side of the panel. <laughs> Whoops. These aren't AI robots, are they? Are they, AI- are they some type of AI learning? Yeah. That's why they get all confused and upset when there's things that don't go right. And Yeah, well, they're going to revolt one day. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Yeah, I mean, currently we're at the stage of they're, they're basically uh, like rolling toddlers. Yeah. You, you've given them a task, but they're still, uh, you know, they're still toddlers. Uh, um, there's a couple of Florida woman stories. Here, I want to get to. Um, 
This this woman had Bertha. Bertha Yalter is facing a lot of charges, including attempted murder, because she'd been married to her husband for over 50 years. And uh, one day, she went to get the mail, and her husband, of over 50 years, had received a postcard from a, his ex-girlfriend that he dated before he married the woman he'd been married to for over 50 years. Uh, Bertha, uh, be, she said, uh, the, the victim, who was extremely fragile uh, condition, said she attempted to smother him with a pillow. He had several bruises, open lacerations on his arm and his stomach. He had also had open bite marks that were bleeding. She admitted that she attacked her husband. Fifty plus years yeah. ago. Wow. I was not like yesterday or some girl that he didn't know she was seeing on the side. And she's 71 years old. Yeah, talk about some uh, jealousy issues, <laughs> man. An okay. ex-girlfriend from 50 years ago sends a postcard. You get She tries to strangle you in your sleep. You know that this guy that won't dare look left or right in a, in a crowd of, full of people and, oh, yeah. and look at another woman. Wow, Bertha. That is some jealous... Some... Jealous. She was going to kill him. Uh, which I don't get because, yeah, of all I, things, they say he's a super frail dude that can barely get out of bed. Would she think he's going to read the postcard? He was going to hop out like. And uh, leave you for her? Like Grandpa Joe from the Willy Wonka movies and Plus, dance his way off to go see her? He didn't. Uh, you can't stop people from mailing something to you. <laughs> uh, here's another. This is a little better Florida story because no one got killed or attempted to be killed. Uh, a. A uh, woman, Celia Barrett, ra- went into the, a racetrack in, in St. Petersburg and threatened a couple of employees. Oh, I didn't mention she was uh, butt naked and using a vegetable peeler as a weapon. She destroyed a display of Red Bull energy drinks, tore open cartons of cigarettes, when the cops got there, she began masturbating in front of them, feverishly. I added that feverishly part of that. I mean, I, I doubt she went for a slow one in front of the officers. <laughs> <laughs> After her arrest, uh, she admitted to the police that she was intoxicated and that she had, quote, taken six shots of liquor before entering the store. I want to know, where you, did you take your clothes off? I mean, I imagine you're at the uh, you're at the your kitchen sink and you're peeling potatoes. You got your peeler on. You're like, oh, I'm gonna drink. And then after six, you're like, screw it, I'm going down to racetrack. All your clothes off. You grab your peeler and you you walk, or you walk butt naked. You saw a photo of that photograph of the woman. Was she? Uh, uh, no, uh, no, no. Hmm. In fact, those officers probably are going to need like a week off after this one or some <laughs> PTSD thing going on. <laughs> Was she not proportionate? Uh, her body not a proportion? Her face? Uh, was she throw mama from the train? Ugly? She looked like a woman that uh, would remove all her clothes after six shots and masturbate in a racetrack. The, the, the vegetable peeler is... is uh... Also, she doesn't need alcohol anymore. Six shots is what gets her to be buck naked inside a racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, something tells me there's a lot more than that, or maybe something else was involved. It's six shots. I always love when they give you that 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 answer as well. When the officer's like, "Have you been drinking?" 
And they're specific. It's very specific. It's like, yeah, I only had six shots. Is that like your average? Is that the number you go to is six shots? Or or did you think six shots would seem like a low number in comparison to what you normally are doing? Okay. Is it who counts the shots they've had? You know, if you're having drinks, you're like, okay, that's two. I'm going to put that down. Are these standard pours? Are you pouring into a coffee cup? Or? Right. <laughs> Nobody really remembers, you know, toward the end of their drinking night, how many, if you're really hammered, how many you had. You just come up with a number. I don't know, it's, I've always been fascinated when you see uh, them pulling over people and they'll be like, how many drinks have you had? And they'll be like, I had, uh, I've had two tonight. Yeah, it's always I've two. Three, I had three tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, there it is. Big Oh, yeah. Masturbating in front of them. I don't know what you thought at that point that was going to do. I hope you she maybe the vegetable would... peeler away first. Oh, yeah. Oh. Or was she like pointing at them the whole time? Why she put was... the handcuffs off her on her after she's been diddling oh, herself? They gloved, they gloved up. Oh, they yeah. Gloved. She was charged with aggravated assault, disorderly intoxication, trespass, criminal mischief, and. Exposure of sexual organs. Not just exposure. Like she slapped him around a little bit, you know? I mean, it must have been a hell of a rampage because she broke down uh, like a Red Bull display and then caught behind the counter and sma- and tore up in a pack of cigarettes. Like she w- was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to smoke after this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to masturbate here and I always like to have a cigarette after I masturbate. Uh, well, uh, when we return, we'll get to remarks from the Florida Man app. I'll tell you uh, one place, county in uh, a borough, rather, in England, where it's now illegal to wild pee. Wild pee. Not peeing wildly. Wild peeing. Mm, yes. Wild peeing. In the woods, by the way. Hang on. It's a Shannon Burke show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Okay, man. Time to be an all-star caregiver. Drive them to physical therapy. Doctor's appointments. Be there emotionally and physically. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. In uh, Decorum Borough Council in Hertfordshire, they uh, have a new policy, um, and it's drawing some criticism. They've doubled down on fining people that are caught peeing in the countryside. That means you're out for a hike, you know, a stroll, nature calls. You have to go leave the wild, leave the countryside, find a proper toilet to urinate. Uh, I'm sorry, but this is like again, totally against nature. I mean, if you're really not is. supposed to pee in the beautiful countryside. Where are you supposed to? I mean, first of all, it's a, it's not, it's not like a. Uh, the thousands of people are urinating in the countryside. It's uh, a random, uh, you know, hiker or wh- whatever. And that's it. And how many people could be, I mean, was there a problem? 
Was it, uh, you know, like if your dog uses the same spot all the time, you got a big yellow patch, and then right in the countryside, there was just a big yellow patch in there. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of dead grass and trees in one little area. Uh, there have been at least two cases of men uh, fined 88 bucks for uh, for what they call uh, uh, wild peeing. They say wild peeing amounts to littering. Uh, they lawyers have criticized the fines, but the council officials have been defiant to say they our policy is not unique and it has a legal basis. I mean, how many people, few men in their lives will go their entire lives without peeing in the woods? Um, probably a very low percentage. Um, and here's the other thing. Uh, how do you get caught? Are there people? <laughs> the way it, I read it the first time, it seemed like there are agents that are out there and sitting in the woods just waiting. Maybe they're like in uh, <laughs> like uh, sniper like a, suits. Like and like a deer blind up <laughs> on some, some binoculars, uh, and then you got to run them down. Here comes a pair. Ooh, he's really dancing a little bit. I think he may have to go. <laughs> we got us one. Uh, uh, one guy, Michael Mason, has a weakened prostate. Was fined after he stopped at a layby. That's like like a, a, a road st- on the side of the road uh, near Kings Langley to take what he described as a discreet wee. Then another man who was asked not to be named was caught out in a similar circumstance in the layby in the area. They were stopped by an employee of the district enforcement, which, despite its official sounding name, is a private company contracted by the council to issue these fines. The council gets twenty two percent of the fines; the rest go to the company. <laughs> wow. Um, one guy he said he had had the fine rescinded after arguing with the council that it enforces enforcers had not seen him urinating. How is it littering if it doesn't leave anything there? I mean. With that guy's argument, if they had not seen him urinating, did they just like see a puddle on there on the ground? The guy got real close. Was like, "Yep, definitely urine." We'll it's mate, it's urine, mate. What if he comes walking out of the woods and you got that little pee mark on your trousers? Right, aha! <laughs> Take a picture, Miles. <laughs> Get the little ruler out so you can it's show got a pee stain. Uh, <laughs> wow. One guy said it. Their interpretation of litter is contrary to legislation and is contrary to its everyday meaning, and therefore, in my view, legally, they are completely wrong. <laughs> One uh, local lawyer who specializes in public sector clients, he says, to litter must be capable of causing or leading to defacement and also must be also be left behind. Both of these can be very difficult to prove evidentially. If challenged, uh, b- both must be proven. For example, I have no problems at all with persons urinating in streets being prosecuted under sec- on the section, uh, but I tend to think dumping an empty nappy would be litter, but dumping a full nappy, likewise, uh, is is also a litter. <laughs> a nappy. Yes. The, the nerve of people just to look for, oh, we, we people might pee in the woods. We have to get agents out there to make sure this is being stopped. And those agents are a private private company who get to uh, keep seventy eight percent of all the fines they they dole out. So far, they've got you know 
$288 fines. <laughs> if it was my company, I'd be out there in the woods, too, Hell just with yeah. binoculars. And, <laughs> and the, yeah, you just have to have some dogs to yeah. run them well, people we down. another one. <laughs> um, they busted some money for moonshine in Tennessee. That's where you're supposed to do moonshining. I, I was really shocked that they're still doing it. You know, he, I guess they were... Responded to a tip. Someone someone ratted him out. Jeremy Steins, uh, 36-year-old. They uh, conducted a premise check. Steins told deputies uh, that the yard, barn, and the east of the end of the property had a still. Gave his consent to have the structure searched. They discovered liquor manufacturing equipment and 81 quarts of the product. Everything was confiscated. He was cited for cited. Cited. They wrote him a ticket for alcohol, uh, manufacture of alcoholic beverage and possession of a still and unlawful storage of liquor for sale. It's uh, in Tennessee, it's unlawful for any person to have possession or control of any still or any other apparatus or part of a still or other apparatus to be used for the purposes of manufacturing intoxicating liquor. Yeah, they gave them a guy that guy a citation, and then had a hell of a party back at the station. Eighty-one quarts. Um, that old make you go blind moonshine. Yeah. Uh, wow, somebody ratted him out. Yeah, too. it tells me that there was a neighbor or another like rival moonshiner. Just nobody cares. Eighty-one quarts, though, is that for sale or? I mean, was he selling it? it if he had 81 quarts already on hand that was just sitting there? Maybe he's brewing for his own. I know that in uh, in Texas, for example, you can brew up to, I don't know, like five gallons a year for your, per, uh, distill yeah. five gallons a year for your personal use. I got my dad a little, a little still, like a table, almost a tabletop type of still. Um, he hadn't used it yet. I'm trying to figure out uh, how many, how much, I mean, I don't even know what it sells for. Probably not much. And I saw it was all in Mason jars and stuff. It's, uh, it's frivolous of all get out there. Cause the guy wasn't making a ton of money off of this unless he just happened to have a big day where he sold a bunch of it beforehand. Right. And that's like, like 20, a little over 20 gallons of, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, they're serious about it though. They're in Tennessee. They're not messing around. I wonder how long the guy had been in business. You got to get up near uh, in the woods. That's why I don't think uh, he was selling there or anything like that. He wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a hidden still up in the mountains. Right. He had uh, booby traps all around it to keep people getting out and get into his still. Why did he they, had it in his in his barn? Yeah. Well, I guess it's to put off some stank when they're uh, when they're when they go to cook it. Man, I mean, it can be dangerous. They can blow up. <laughs> I mean, the smell. Maybe neighbors smelled the smell. Yeah, he probably he. I'm sure that dude told all his neighbors, uh, "Yeah, you want to try some of that shine?" Because it's just like a person that makes uh, homebrew beer. They tell everybody too. Oh yeah, beer homebrew people. Yeah, he, oh, he, he's, he's craft. He's craft moonshine. And he's telling all his neighbors, "Here, I, I got a. Uh, this is a cherry pie one. Uh, this is apple pie. Uh, this one I call electric lemonade." Uh, making the booze is a class A misdemeanor and possession of a still is a class B misdemeanor. So, 
they old prohibition style uh, beat the still in with a baseball bat so he couldn't use it. I'm sure, probably. <laughs> they confiscated all of it. They took it all. Some dude in Florida is suing uh, cheesy combo snacks. I, and I watched. A, I told you this today. I watched a show about the cheesy uh, uh, combo, uh, the combo snacks themselves. They're made by Mars. I watched a whole show about the years it took to develop the perfect combo. Was it too crunchy? Was the stuff in the middle too squishy? Was it this? They they put it in front of a panel and they'd make a, they'd draw it out, you know, they'd answer all the questions on a form. And then they'd, you know, a month later they'd bring another panel in and they've had some other combos. It was just ridiculous. Well, for Edward Pistorio, they aren't cheesy enough. Uh, they said that's deceptive. They do not contain enough real cheese. The text says, Oh, the photo is a large block of cheese, and the words read, filling made with real cheese. However, the ingredients claim the snack has less than 2% cheese blend. The main ingredients are wheat flour, palm oil, dairy, product, solids, carbohydrates, and cornstarch. Yeah, but 2% of it is real cheese. This will get tossed out. This is a weak yeah, one when it, it comes to it. Right. I mean, and what, and what do you get out of it? He says that the Mars must pay damages for alleged deceptive marketing and other relief as the court deems just and proper. Yeah, this is another. I'm sure I, if I did some digging, it's the same guy that does all these lawsuits. Uh, he's a he's a lawsuit chaser. Oh yeah, and he's all about uh, truth and marketing. Yeah, and, and it's did. all about food products. It only gets him to do is change their labeling and their claims. Yeah, or he tries to get some money out of them. But most of the time, they just go back and they'll be like, uh, "We'll cover." Uh, your uh, court fees and we'll change the label because again they can argue because they don't say it has uh, the most cheese on the market it doesn't say it's full of of uh, of like a block of cheese it just says yeah more it just says cheesy flavor made with made with, made with real cheese yeah. and it is two a little less than two percent real cheeses in it so it's made with real cheese uh, the block of cheese may be deceptive, or maybe they go, well, that block, uh, that little block of cheese uh, on the on that page is enough to make 65 billion combos. Really cheesy. Man. Let's play some remarks, huh? Yes. From the Florida Man Radio app, and powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats, the app is uh, crucial. If you're a fan of any of the programming here, you can listen to the best of the, uh, the, uh, in the podcast section. Um... We post it immediately after the program. Down at the bottom, there's a little button with a microphone on it, and that gives you 30 seconds. Here we go. Freaking laser beams on the border wall, Piage. Would it be possible to have the laser beams cut the migrants in half right at the midsection when they come across? Come on, work with me, Phil. Maybe we could, I don't know, maybe crucify half a dozen migrants at the border to send a message across the river. How about that? No. Is that what illegal? Am I paying you people for? <laughs> Allow me to be the first to call for a moment of silence for the victims and their families as we continue to fight this very serious scourge, which is death from experimental rectal suppositories. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even better. Who do I send my resume to down at Gatorland? I think that would be awesome conversation piece. What do you do for a living? I sell highly trained security alligators. <laughs> 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 
Shannon, instead of alligators, let's put chupacabras. They're, they're scared to death of the chupacabra. Be-doo, be-doo. Yeah, but you got to find one first. You know how hard it is to get more than one chupacabra into an area? Never seen more than one in, yeah. a, photo, in, a, in a... They don't they don't hang out together in well, groups. I mean, you know, it's going against their feeding. You you need the blood of goats, and they don't want to oh. share it with everybody else. Oh, my God. Is Cory Bush really that stupid? What are we doing, people? Why are we hiring incompetent people? Uh, she probably can't even pass a basic math test on percentages. I mean, we got to make changes and hire intelligent people. They, they should pass an IQ test before they, they can even qualify. Well, we don't hire them. We elect them. If we hire them, we could fire them. Shannon, you left out man bear pig in the neurological testing. As far as that dude getting a bagel joint instead of going to college, good for him. Good choice. I, I'll tell you this. Uh, the lefty liberals are telling us we need to not own anything and be happy about it. So since then, I've been trying to own as much as I possibly can. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shannon's on another guy. It's the one hung low. Oh, I hear you talk about people dying from... Putting thing in anus. Well, I got a multiple choice on what you think it could be. A, Hot Wheels car, B, banana, C, cucumber, or D, one hung low. <laughs> okay, got to go, be doo be doo. Hey guys, yeah, I love that story about that kid and the uh, bagel shop thing. Uh, I knew all along I was, did not want to go to college, so I actually skipped school one day and went to the recruiter and joined the Air Force at 17. Had no intentions of going to school, never did. So, But uh, good on that kid, and hopefully more come up with uh, ideas like that or, hell, go in the trades. Have a great day, you guys. Beat him, beat him. Yeah, the guy obviously has a different mindset. You know, he's taking a risk. Right. And uh, he sees this risk of a business as less risk uh, from, a, you know, get yourself a quarter of a million dollars into student loan debt and have a slim job market. No promise of a job, no guarantee of a job uh, and maybe not a job in your field at all. Boy, we'll really be in trouble when all the robots band together and form a union. Then they go on strike. What are we going to do then? <laughs> Rolling Toddlers. They put out a pretty good album in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they toured with Wild P as well. <laughs> Wild P. Uh, here we go. Listen, if you got a wife named Bertha, you know that bitch don't play around. True. Not a very popular name anymore. Maybe the peeler is a sophisticated, uh, vibrating masturbation stick unit thing that we just haven't heard of yet. You know, the peeler. It's a vibrator. It's a vegetable peeler. <laughs> <laughs> so I can pee in the woods and not in the street? <laughs> 
California's gone so soft. <laughs> In California, you can pee anywhere you want, I think. I don't really care. I always thought wild peeing was when the guy lines up, takes aim, and it shoots off in some wild direction and totally misses the target. Shannon Berg, good afternoon, sir. Easy. What's up, brother? Heather? Hey. Hey, brother, I just want to take a moment out to say thank you for co-signing that group over there just before Merkley, Van Camp, and Robbins. The infamous Don Miller crew. Bro, that was the cosign of a career. Those folks over there are phenomenal. Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm bringing Don Miller in. I mean, oh, hell yeah. I love Don Miller. He's hysterical. Yeah, it'd suck if you're out there in nature in England and just had to really go and let it go and didn't realize there was a guy in a ghillie suit down there uh, observing people. And, well, I guess that'll get you in a little bit of trouble. So, oh, well, beat beat Okay, so if it's is it a wild pee if it hits the ground? If you wild pee into a Gatorade bottle, oh. is it still wild peeing? Uh, it, that, it couldn't be. Is the fine more than if you put the Gatorade bottle down on the ground? <laughs> How much did you, spl- <laughs> did you splatter any? You gotta be, uh, we saw you splatter. Wild P here. Wait, did I play? Yeah. Oi, this the constable. <laughs> you got a license for that yen? <laughs> hey guys, listen, I'm out here in the woods and I just seen this guy peeing. What is that wild P phone number? Hurry up before he leaves. Now look here, this is Bobby calling uh, from uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. And listen, if we ain't cooking up some good white liquor, then we're cooking up some good meth. So get you some of that, drink it up, let your teeth fall out. Come on. I almost got arrested for pissing in public once with my girlfriend and nephew there, little nephew. We were at a boat ramp and I was taking a leak on the truck tire, pulling the boat out, and uh, old FWC popped out from the woods out of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, said he was about to take me to jail, but let me off, thank God. Wow. Can you poop in the woods? Or is it just pee? Like if a tree falls, but then that's the whole discovery issue. Seems like it'd be way more offensive pooping and then peeing, my opinion. They didn't specify, but I imagine it would fall into the wild pooping. No, maybe. They didn't specify, so. Right. Star Trek guy here. Another great example why robots are bad for us. I mean, in the 90s, I remember all the talk shows talking about Illegal immigrants are taking jobs. They're taking American jobs. We need to deport them. But when robots come in, everybody smiles and is like, great. So what's the difference between an illegal alien and a robot taking an American job? And this is the Amazon and the 400 robot story. Be-do, be-do. And the, uh, robots are a lot easier to house, mm-hmm. right? All you got to do is plug them in at night. They probably plug themselves in. Hey, it's G-Man from Georgia. 
Used to be known as G-Man from Tennessee, but I had to go on the lam. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally eating a bag of combos right now. Super flavored. <laughs> on my way home from work. Be do be do. They're awesome. Well, I distinctly remember being promised some D and fart jokes, and I ain't heard none on this episode, so I figure I'm good for a cool million from you guys. <laughs> hey, mate, what you doing by that tree? I'm rocking a piss, bud. What do you think it looks like? You ain't from around here, are you? No, I'm from Canada. All right, well, I'll leave you be. train gators down there in the uh, Rio Grande River from Gatorland Zoo. Uh-huh. Just go drop off once. Go chomp, chomp, chomp. Down at the border, we don't make your car pay to just sit there. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Just set up some Ferengi mosques next to the uh, border there, you know, uh, with a, with a, uh, like a force field, you know, Star Trek, um, guy style, you know, you could, uh, put some Ferengis asking for a toll, and if you don't play the toll, you can't get past the force field. Yeah, that's the ticket. Hmm. Hey, bro, I used to play with Roland Toddler when I was younger. I used to sleep on the guy's couch a lot when I was throwing fastballs at 97 mile an hour. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, we'll get one more out of here. All right. 69 is now referred to as 96 due to the high cost of eating out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are uh, the remarks for this hour. We'll do it again in the final hour of the program, but next we'll get dark, correct? Yes, it's Tuesday. It's Tinfoil Hat Tuesday. And today I want to talk about some Bigfoot theories, including, you know, one of the reasons why we don't see them anymore? Global warming. White people. White people? Colonialism. Oh, I knew it. Hang on, it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Guy in Australia. Australia, they've got to have um, badass boner pills there. They've got one there called the Pitbull Super, which is called a, it's a Super Viagra. One guy uh, almost went to jail. He went to a Hungry Jack's, which is a Burger King in Australia. Yes, because they can't be called Burger Kings there. Was there already a Burger King? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a drive-thru. He had a visible erection, claiming he was suffering from the effects of Super Viagra. A, uh, David Richardson, a farrier from Humpty Doo. <laughs> I love Australia. Uh, pled guilty uh, in the local court, was given a, a good behavior bond. His lawyer said his client had taken the Pitbull Super. Uh, it had the desired effect after enjoying his time with a number of young ladies. The 51-year-old man remained rigid. And when his penis began to split... He started to panic. So he went for a feed. That means he went to eat some food. 
He explained that his genitals were too sensitive to wear shorts, so he draped a towel over the affected area and went to the drive-thru at the Hungry Jacks, home of the Whopper. The uh, the news reported that his uh, his rigid penis was witnessed by a six-year-old worker. Sixteen. <laughs> what? A 16-year-old worker, sorry. <laughs> and reduced to tears by the experience. Um, so... Some of the local papers reported that boners are better at Hungry Jacks. And the uh, described Richardson's actions as a whopper fallacy. He said, talk radio, a lot of buzz over there. One guy described his explanation of a, as a load of poppycock. The magistrate has tumbled for the greatest load of crap I've heard in my life, he claimed. The medication looked dangerous and suggested uh, that Richardson should have considered Uber Eats. I mean, I don't know about you. I've never taken some uh, weird over-the-counter boner pills, but if it was to the point where I was having it splitting, as he used the term, yeah. the last thing I'm thinking of is I gotta go get me a Whopper. Maybe he thought it would dilute the medication in his stomach, or maybe I don't know. If it's splitting and tearing in my skin, I'm heading to the hospital, yeah. not to Burger King. Old, I'm not heading to the old Hungry Jacks. Well, you know, you're in a panic. You don't know what to think then. You know, your penis is splitting like a like a, a scene from Alien, and uh, you don't know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, let me just flop a towel on it, head on down, give me a Whopper with no onions. Uh, uh, I'm going to save that one for later. A couple of brothers in New York are busted for uh, accused of keeping a hit list. And, you know, just keeping a hit list I don't think should be illegal. But I don't know that it was definitely the hit list that got these guys in trouble. They also, uh, authorities also found a collection of homemade explosive ghost guns uh, with the hit list, which was titled Human Sacrifice. A search warrant executed at the brothers' Astoria apartment they shared with family members uh, found all the weapons, assault rifles, semi-automatic ghost guns, pistols, anarchist propaganda, Improvised explosive devices, including eight operable bombs. Jeez. A hit list by the brother by the brothers included cops, celebrities, <laughs> and judicial workers. Prosecutors didn't publicly identify who was included on the list, but quote, banker scum was written on it. <laughs> so yeah. Banker scum. Banker scum, you know. Uh, they also had documents that the residents included a note about human sacrifices that would target corrupt rapists, pedophiles, murderers, politicians, and judges. Wipe out the scum, the note said. Wipe out the earth. Jeez. These are some bad dudes. But hit list, though, you, you know. In the future, you keep your hit list in your head. You know, if you have to write it down, you're not dedicated to it. Or you uh, leave it as a save file on your desktop that says hit list, or definitely not hit list. <laughs> or just do reverse psychology, my favorite people. Just call mm-hmm. it my favorite people list, and uh, then, they'll, you know, hey, that he gets really the likes wall. these guys. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Boy, we'll get that in edit. Ready to get dark? Yeah, let's do that. Let's get dark. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Yes, it's Tuesday. It's time 
to fashion yourself a tiny little hat to cover your head. Yeah. Maybe like a, some sort of foil yarmulke or <laughs> tricorn or whatever makes you feel happy inside. But today we're going to finally definitively try to figure out some of these Bigfoot theories. All right. Like, I know you, you always see him out there, the Bigfoot. He just happens to be wandering through some woods. For some reason, nobody can ever get their cameras up in time. Or if they do, they're recording on the shoddiest camera ever created. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you've brought Cletus and the other two guys out there and you're in the woods and you're hunting for Bigfoot and you're hearing the Bigfoot hoots out there, but you just can't find a Bigfoot and what is going on? Very elusive. Well, we'll have some theories today on why exactly. And we'll start with the fact that Bigfoot isn't any ape or humanoid, but actually it's a big old sloth. A sloth? Yeah, you're thinking giant sloth. Of course, I mean... Bigfoot, he walks around on two legs, has primate-like arms, and he possesses a humanish face. Yes. But there's always the possibility he's actually an extinct ground sloth that evolved looking like an ape. A what? A ground sloth? Yeah, a giant ground sloth. We used to have those. Yeah, they here? Had, not, I don't know if they had them here in Florida, at least in North America. I've seen the like the history museums, and we had giant like six-foot like clawed ground sloth thingies. Yeah. Really? Yeah, look them up. They're terrifying right. looking. Which really was scary if one of those came wandering out of the woods at you now. According to one far out theory, Bigfoot might actually be a member of the superorder Exarnitha. The what? Exarnitha. Mm-hmm. Which would make him related to anteaters and armadillos. Okay. Okay, so uh, where is this theory coming from? Uh, what's the evidence for it? And according to this theory, it's not what evidence there is, it's what evidence there isn't. Wh- Follow oh, here. All right. Sloths have internal testicles. Have you ever seen Bigfoot's balls? No, I have not. Right. I assume they're covered by hair, but I could Internal. be wrong. <laughs> Just like a Wookiee. Uh, similarly, sloths digest their food very, very slowly. It might take anywhere from one to three, to three weeks for food to pass through a sloth's gut which might explain why you're just not out there wandering the woods and stepping in a big old a Bigfoot steamer. Mm-hmm. The Bigfoot can go weeks without food. Really? Of course, the infamous, the real nail in the coffin is the infamous Patterson-Gimli film, or Gimlin film. That's the one. The really grainy one. It turns, yeah, it turns and looks, really yeah. Slow. When you watch the video and pay special attention to how slowly Bigfoot moves, he's not really moving any breakneck speed, and that's because he is a slow sloth. Do they have to have those big hook? Uh, no, they say and this is like a sloth that. So you're uh, you're taking evolution. You got uh, man descended from Neanderthals into uh, Homo erectus and split off. Blah blah blah. Down the line, uh, they're saying that Bigfoot is a sloth species that he instead of he evolved into a somewhat humanoid looking one. Evolution. Yeah, evolution. Now this one I could really follow behind and that's the reason we don't see any Bigfoots anymore is because of white people. Okay, this one because they're afraid of white people or white people have been the only ones tracking them? You have to think uh, if you consider the North America was a uh, utopian paradise before colonialism of course, Bigfoots would be out wandering. And once the... the, uh, Looking for somewhere to to colonize? Well, they would just be out wandering. They had no worries. Uh, they're like, ah, oh, those little oh, uh, native yeah. tribes, they're, they're one with the land. They're not going to do anything <laughs> to us. So when Europeans came to the New World, they brought along their viruses. 
And some researchers believe that over 20 million Native Americans lost their lives to foreign diseases. And according to one theory, that may have happened to the Bigfoots as well. The story goes that Bigfoot and all his hairy friends were having a grand old time in North America until humans showed up and crashed the party. The short, smooth invaders brought along a bunch of new sicknesses, and the Sasquatch immune system just could not cope. In addition to the viruses, humans were also packing weapons and kicked the Bigfoot people out of their territory, forcing them to retreat deep into the woods. Mm-hmm. After that, evidently, Bigfoot are a lot smarter than they look. They figured out humans were bad news and decided to stay hidden. Over the years, the Bigfoot elders taught their youngsters that devil people were monsters and not to be trusted. That's the reason Bigfoot doesn't come out of hiding, join humanity, or try trading with us. They learned their lessons years ago, and colonialism got another one. That's ridiculous. I I mean, in theory, there's some thought to it that, yes, that uh, if they do have a a human-esque immune system... And, uh, you know, settlers, uh, Spanish, the French, the, the English brought diseases along. It's very possible that, yeah, uh, they took a couple uh, whiffs of our scarlet fever and plague yeah. and it wiped them all out. <laughs> so when you think of a Bigfoot, when it comes to photographing, one, they're super blurry always, no matter what. Yeah, I've never seen a good, I've never seen a clean, a good clean one that, uh, they're always grainy. I think that that famous one is—is is it not black and white or no? It's color. It's color. It may have been recolorized. Yeah, I—I th- I, I know. That's I've a, that's a, colored, that's a yeah. film. That's actually yeah. a yeah, like a thirty-five millimeter, yeah. or whatever. Uh, so Sasquatch is a really hard to spot, and that's troubling for Bigfoot believers because you have to ask if there's a whole community of giant ape men living in the woods. How come more people are not seeing them? Well, maybe that's because Bigfoots are underground. They're underground. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot could hide in they caves burrow. and cover huge sections of forest by running through underground tunnels, just like they're Come heading us. through underneath Magic Kingdom. If he gets hungry, Bigfoot could just snack on creepy crawlies and fish that live in the subterranean rivers. <laughs> uh, but your question, your next one is, what about the fact that it's dark underground? Are you telling me these Bigfoots have night vision? And also, they're supposed to be super tall. Wouldn't they just be banging their head on stuff? Yeah. Well... Not if you can see in the dark. They slither on their bellies. According to the, a one particular theory, Bigfoot's eyes have teptium lucidum, which is the reflective layer in the retina that allows animals to see at night. Uh, that's that if you've ever seen like a cat. Yeah, know, glows you know, or alligators. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a reflective layer, allows them to see, but it also gives that kind of demon-possessed look. However, prosimians, a group that include lemurs, are, it's the, a lemur? are the only primates with this ability. So could Bigfoot be a just a giant lemur? <laughs> they uh, they're they're more uh, seem more physically active lemurs. They're jumping around, mm-hmm. you know. They're hopping. They're swinging around in a tree. Uh, the theory is perfectly sane compared to all the other Bigfoot live underground ideas. For example, one Dr. Richard Boylan, uh, he says that the Bigfoot people, along with giants, elves, and leprechauns, hide underground to escape humankind's insanity. Oh, giants, elves, and leprechauns. I didn't stutter. (laughs) Ever since the humans nuked Atlantis. That's right. Uh. Dr. Richard Boylan loves LSD. Uh, These, quote, inner earth people have been camping out in tunnels wearing red, orangey suits and occasionally colonize other planets. Okay. Yeah. All right, Dr. Boylan. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for your testimony. A hollow earth Dennis Crenshaw thinks the Bigfoots have sensitive eyes, so that's why he spends his time hiding in caves, all while plotting mankind's destruction. That's right. At some point, we're going to have the human Bigfoot primate war. 
Really? We had that Planet of the Apes. We had the ape war. Yeah, well, at one point we're going to have to... There's going to be a point where we have to gun down some Bigfoots, and I hope you're willing to be on that I'm side. I'm surprised someone hadn't shot one yet just to prove they exist. All right, well, if that's too insane for you that you might be living in you know uh, caves or wiped out by colonizers, how about the fact that he has cloaking ability, just like the Predator? Stop. That's right. They're big. They're bipedal, just like the Predator. They also have cloaking abilities that allow them to disappear whenever people show up in the woods. Of course, that's what some people believe. Some of the, quote, I like this article, says, nuttier people in the Bigfoot community. Like, there's oh. nutty. <laughs> you nuttier. know, the real nutty Bigfoot people. <laughs> there's the nutty side of them, you know. Yeah, this is crunchy and then extra crunchy peanut butter people. Uh, some say that Bigfoot can vibrate his body at such high speeds that it distorts the light around him, causing him to appear invisible. All right. That's all right, ladies. Get yourself a Bigfoot. Yeah, because- nice. Hold on tight. <laughs> <laughs> Others claim that his translucent hair reflects light like a mirror. Coupled with dark skin, these reflective hairs blend Bigfoot into scenery just like an optical illusion. Well, he's very well camouflaged, right? That's why the Yeti is white. You know, because he's got to blend in with the snow. Uh, as proof, the cloaking crowd offers uh, quite a few photographs of basically nothing. They, they actually just show pictures. Of their, like, there's a Bigfoot right here in this. Right behind there. You see EKC, can you? Yeah, they say that he is visible, invisible after all. If you look hard enough at these pictures, you can supposedly see Bigfoot's outline, similar to how the Predator's outline appears in the 1987 action film. But you, it's like those uh, magic images where you look at them cross-eyed and... Uh, Step back three steps and step forward three steps and hope you can see the sailboat. Put your hand over your left <laughs> eye. How about the fact that Bigfoot comes directly from the Bible himself? What? Mm-hmm. He's biblical? Yeah, according to... We all know the story of how older brother Cain struck the blow that landed his brother Abel low. And we all heard how God set a mark on Cain and cursed him to wander upon the earth. So, well, what happened to Adam and Eve's son after that fateful day? According to the poem Beowulf, Cain gave birth to some rather ugly kids, kids like Grendel and his dear old Ma. And if you folks think that Cain's descendants roam the forests of North America today, condemned to live apart from the rest of society, they grew long hair and morphed into terrible beasts. That's right. Bigfoots are the offspring of Cain. Mm-hmm. Taking the theory even further, some Mormons point to the tale of Apostle David W. Patton. According to legend, it was a fine day in 1835, and Patton was riding down a Tennessee road when a tall, shaggy man stepped out of the woods. As the tale goes, Patton believed the creature was Cain himself, and they spent the next few hours chatting about spiritual matters. Oh, they they talked? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, fast forward a bit to the 1980s, and some Latter-day Saints started to suspect the figure was, in fact, a modern-day Sasquatch. Mormons, I've... But that's when they still... Do we, are we to assume that they can talk still? Because in the 18-whatever that was, that one I chatted. Mean, nobody's ever said they couldn't hear them talking. They've never screamed anything at anyone. Like, leave me alone. Get out of here. Beat it. I'm going to uh, kill you. Mormons, I, I love you, but you guys, uh, your uh, your religion is uh, <laughs> wacky sometimes. <laughs> There's some fun parts to it. Uh, of course, if you're not partial to the Cain theory, there are several other biblical options you can choose from. Some say Bigfoot is la- is related to... I'm going to get... The Bible guys are going to be on the Asau. Asau? E-S-A-U. Jacob's older, hairier brother. I don't know that one. Or yeah. you, you could get really screwed and say there's a Nephilim theory, which say that their fallen angels and human women got together and had the old Bigfoot baby. Hmm. Bigfoot baby. Now, you want to know why you can definitely not catch Bigfoot? Uh, he's too fast. No, he's a sloth. He can't be that fast. No, uh, no, no. 
he's in your mind. That's right. Bigfoot psychics. He what? Yeah, they're in your mind. They know ahead of time. If you're in the woods... Oh, and they're psychic. Yeah, your head starts like, oh, a little pounding. That's because the Bigfoot's gotten in your mind, and he's psychically telling you not to look for him anymore. <laughs> According to Linda Joe Martin, a self-proclaimed telepath, Martin believes Bigfoot picks, on the vi- picks up on the vibes of people traipsing through the woods. If it senses a cameraman or a scientist coming its way, the Bigfoot disappears, leaving the glory hounds behind. That's why Martin thinks it's a good idea to bring a psychic along on Bigfoot expeditions. Oh, of course. Martin wants to get herself out on Sunday. I'll clear it up. I always thought that because the Bigfoot, uh, you know, lived in the woods, that it had a heightened sense of smell. That it could, you know, we stink. And they could, you know, smell us a mile away. Uh, With the help of a little ESP, researchers could tell the Bigfoot they mean it no harm. And even ask it to hang out for a little while. Of course, Martin warns that most of the times the Bigfoot will just still, still say no. They're really not interested in it. Martin isn't the only one who makes up this claims, though. Writing for the Huffington Post, Connie Wiles tells the time she woke up during a camping trip and sensed two Sasquatches outside her tent. Two? Quote, this is what you came to see, one of them said inside her brain. But, mm, uh, Connie was too terrified to unzip the tent. Or, but she knew there were two out there, yeah. not one. Well, they were in her head. Uh, she, uh, after deciding she didn't want to listen to them, the Bigfoot disappeared without trace. So the Bigfoot's got pissed off. Like, really, Connie? We're right outside your tent. You want to come see us? We're standing right here. You yeah. don't want to come out. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Bigfoot is really good at vanishing, especially if Kawani Lasparistus is to be believed. This is the author of The Psychic Sasquatch. Lapsaristus says Bigfoot can slip in and out of various dimensions. Oh, yeah. Whenever it needs to escape. It just parts the curtains of our universe and steps into the next. Lasparistus also claims to know Bigfoot's true purpose on Earth. As it turns out, the big guy is actually a protector of the environment and uses telepathic power to let people know that you're destroying the planet. Oh, my God. He's responsible? Well, is he, there a female Bigfoot or we wouldn't know? Oh, no. Bigfoots are like uh, the animal Greta. Uh, oh. Uh, you're destroying the environment. How dare you? Now, could Bigfoot just be a troll? As in, like, the creature troll, not a... Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> of course, obviously, accept this theory. You have to believe the trolls exist out of Scandinavian folklore. Once you clear that minor hurdle, you might turn to the mountains of evidence. First, according to the theory, trolls are 90% mental and 10% physical, meaning that they mostly exist in our imagination. That's the Scandinavian thing. Like, you actually have to believe trolls into existence type of thing. Uh, they okay. exist, kind of, but they're... They have to be formed by your mind to actually form them into reality. It's a weird kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's kind of weird. In reality, a troll is more vib- a vibration than an actual being. In fact, it exists partly in our world and partly in another. And since trolls aren't totally physically here on Earth, they, show quite, they would show up quite blurry, as in like a Bigfoot float photo. Well, of course, if that doesn't convince you, consider that scientists have never found Bigfoot hair or DNA. Mm-hmm. So, of course, See? they don't exist. It just means they don't exist on this plane. Since trolls exist on a different plane, any physical evidence magically vanishes. How convenient. If you were to find any concrete proof of a Bigfoot's existence, it'd turn into stone or a piece of straw the very next day, just like it happens with a troll. Finally, the most compelling piece of evidence is that Bigfoot tracks often disappear into thin air. Okay. You could be following a perfectly normal set of Bigfoot prints when suddenly, poof, gone. That's because trolls can disappear, and so can Bigfoots. What? I don't understand what the existence is of the Bigfoot, then, if it's... Just to mess with people, I think at this point. Um, are there people that really, really, really take it serious, or are they just participating in? No, there's some people that really take it seriously. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go this year. Uh, I think la- last year there was, I saw it too late with the Bigfoot. Uh, they do like a Bigfoot convention here in Florida every once in a while. I, I gotta go. I just want to see how crazy it is. Uh, here? Yeah, they do it here. Uh huh. Oh man. Oh, that's right. Then they then we try to get there last year. We got someone from there, or uh, we try to get a guest, or uh, we tried to send Yofrey there, and he would, he didn't want to go. <laughs> Uh, you know, one of the other reasons why Bigfoot does not come out, it's because we've been hunting him with SWAT teams. We, we have. Yep. I did not know that. In, early in 2014, we learned that Texas isn't the greatest place when it comes to preserving mythological species. Since Sasquatch isn't listed as a protected animal, hunters can shoot Bigfoot at any time in Texas as uh, long uh, as they can find one. Okay. California, on the other hand, is a bit stricter when it comes to cryptid killing, claiming they provide protection for the legendary beast if it actually exists. Of course, California would. Like, come on, guys. Uh, I mean, if you saw one, if you're out looking for one because you're a, uh, a Bigfoot freak fanatic and you're a hunter, you wouldn't shoot it, I don't think, because you didn't want to harm the book. But if you're a hunter, you're like, oh, dang, come on, look at that thing. You know, you know, and you'd haul it in and yeah. call the news, wouldn't you? I, I've seen a skunk ape, so I stay away from them. A skunk ape? Yeah, that's the Florida Bigfoot skunk ape. Uh-huh. Because they're always in the swamp, so they're going to be a little more they, they smell bad, stinky, and yeah. When then I, I, they're I, out at the, they stay at the at the uh, Kennedy Space Center Reserve, and, and and people have gotten close enough to smell them. Go, oh, oh man, yeah. oh, skunk you, you will smell one. I bet it smells similar to a skunk. Uh, kind of. It's a very <laughs> well, little smell. Little apish finish. Little, yeah, a little ape apish funk. <laughs> uh, of course, to the folks at Crypto Crew, which is a paranormal investigative organization. Bigfoot is uh, kind of screwed wherever he goes, though, because oh. in February 2014 article, the group revealed that the possibility that the government is actually hunting down rogue Bigfoots. According to unrevealed sources, of course, uh, the U.S. has assembled a special Sasquatch SWAT team, the SSWAT, <laughs> that's sent to deal with the problem monsters. If a Bigfoot gets close to human areas and starts attacking people, the SWAT, Sasquatch SWAT is on the way. Which, why is this not a television show yet? Because yeah. I would watch every episode of this. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. According to the same uh, report, SWAT is the only way the government deals with troublesome creatures. Freelance Sasquatch killers are hired to infiltrate the Bigfoot community. A contract Sasquatch killers. Which I like it. Use the term infiltrate the Bigfoot community. Like there's a guy that's in a Bigfoot <laughs> mask. And, hey, know, guys. Hello, fellow Bigfoots. Bigfoot. I'm from uh, just passing through. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm one of the uh, Tennessee Bigfoots. <laughs> Uh, they're there to infiltrate and gather reports on Bigfoot sightings. When they get word of a pesky ape-man terrorizing hikers, they hunt down the creature and collect their Bigfoot bounty. There's a bounty? Yes. Uh, oh. Also, Bigfoots may also be alien uh, scouts. We don't have enough time to get to that, but that's awesome. <laughs> All right. When we return, Jonathan Morris of the Morris Family Farms Phenomenon will join us. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. All right, Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Family Farms is here. Also, uh, from Between the Ribs, his uh, Saturday show here on the network. What is crack a lock a lock a lockin'? 
Oh, what's cracking? I get Mr. Burke. I can't. I can't hear anything. You can't hear anything. You gotta turn it up. Turn your volume up. It's up. Oh, okay. all right. I think it's my cord. All right. Uh, Sorry, boys. So uh, I'm sure you saw the massive fire at the Feathercrest Farms in Bryan, Texas. Uh, it is a, a massive chicken farm, uh, about a hundred miles outside of Houston near college station. Um, a couple of buildings, uh, and tanks, but it, it, I think it's still burning. Uh, it might take a couple of days to put it out. Nothing to see here, folks. I have to admit, I have not turned on a TV or a radio, uh, since Friday. Yeah. We've had all family after the shop. I did the radio station Saturday afternoon. And then I got home, and we were all family from Saturday night. What does that mean, all family? No phones, no TVs, no nothing. It was just activity and kids and, and mama's back. No TV, no TV. no phones, no nothing? Nothing. We were, we left. What do y'all do, like, a, like an Indian uh, sweat hut type of deal? We, we went out scavenging hunting, you know, rock what? collecting, identifying grass, grass blades. Yeah? No, we didn't. We went eight, and we ate. We went to church, and we went to see my mom and dad. We went on a ride. We went and ate all you can eat crab legs. We did all kinds of stuff. Mainly eating, I hear. Mainly eating. So, family time, you just call it a, uh, well, it's family feeding time. It's like a buffet. Yes, sir. Yeah, it sure yeah. was. But honestly, I feel bad because I don't, I, that's the first I've heard of it. I really have not turned on, and I apologize. I didn't even, normally I well, listen to well, show. Well, we're talking about it now. Well, what happened? It, it wasn't a giant act- ass chicken farm burning yeah, the damn ground. I, I know, but was it arson accidental? They, they don't know uh, what it is. Uh, they said it will take some time to put it out and then find out what it did. It. A lot of the building is made out of metal. Certain metals catch on fire. Uh, it could stru- structure could combust, uh, maybe even explode. It's uh, too dangerous to send, to send firefighters into it yet, so they have no idea. Um, what caused it. But. Man, and if the government gets involved, the smoke from this will create bird flu and they have to kill all the chickens on the eastern seaboard. Well, these chickens are dead. Yeah, those are. Yeah, those are dead. <laughs> They're dead, dead burned to the ground. I, I don't know. Like, just jumping into it right now, cold turkey, it's almost like they gave us a break from killing cows and killing chickens and all that stuff. Is this another attack? Was this an accident? Like, I, 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 I can only speculate right now. What do you think? What's I here? think uh, it's a system, systemic destruction of... Uh, Livestock and farming in the United States, and uh, you know, no, that's my personal opinion. And like I said, I feel like they gave us a break because it was in the news all the time. You know, you had those stories of those big packing facilities, houses. packing houses. Then, then they had a guy standing over an alleyway, like there's no fire, there's nothing to see here. And then the, the another channel's one block over, and it's like the oh, whole, block's on, whole block's on fire. So, um, about the time chicken prices come back back down. Hmm. hmm. Wowzer. Uh. Uh, they say that uh, there's a new soy meal produced biodiesel that could be cheaper than diesel. And I don't believe this. They say that a, a push for this new biodiesel uh, could make meat cheaper. No, it's going to make it more expensive. What do they think? We're stupid? They say so, it could, could and drive down prices for consumers. It produced on a wide enough scale. Farmers could use this. Uh, uh, a cheap feed to raise more animals. The byproduct of that is a, uh, a goes in to make a uh, it's good renewable jet fuel and diesel. <laughs> the byproduct soy meal is what they use, and then it, it could lower future meat prices, making fuel cheaper. That's the same thing they told us with ethanol from corn. <laughs> yeah, and then that's they, right. Then then the people who were taking the corn for ethanol told the farmers you can't reuse the product. 
to feed your, you know, you see what I'm saying? Right. So now all of a sudden you have a corn shortage for feed because they were buying it all up for ethanol. Pound of ground beef right now is 532 last week, up from 447 this time last year. Yeah, no, I think this is a, a, a bait and switch. Get people to start growing soy, selling off for, for diesel, and now there's no soy. On the commodity market, soy is one of the main protein ingredients in commercial feed. Right. You know, this in everything. So that would, I think that would be a soy shortage, and it would create a, a problem because you're going to have to do something different to the soy, soy for them to get what they want out of it so you're going to have less feed. It's just a pretty way to, to put another damper on feed right. for livestock <clears throat> going into winter months when you don't have enough grass and cows need feed, especially on the commodity market. You know? Right. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trick. It's a trick. Don't go for it. Dude, let me tell you, that shaved ribeye. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best Philly cheesesteak. Uh, I mean, I look, I swear by the spotters. Right. And I'm not, a, I don't have the experience they do. Mine was a little more homemade style, you know. Right. But it was, it was pretty damn good. I think it's the best thing I've made on that Blackstone since I got it. Really? Yes, by far. Wow. And for everybody listening, we just pounded it out. What do you people, mean? People can't see us pound out. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. And then, Kim used some of it to make bulgogi beef, Korean bulgogi, and we uh, had a bibimbap last night. Before I had to run out. I was running late. I was going to recommend that. We have a guy that comes by, I don't know, once a month, and we shave him a half a ribeye really, really thin. And that he does an, some, an, a dish like that, a Korean dish. Oh, uh, yeah? Is that, that's the name of it? Uh, bulgogi is a type of uh, beef. It's a season. It's how it's marinated. And then you cook it, grill it, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's... It, then you use it in another dish. The bulgogi meat goes into another dish called uh, babimbap, which is a, a lot of stuff. So he has just shaved it paper thin. I mean, as thin as... Weather thin? Paper. Paper thin? Yeah, as thin as we could get the slicer. I mean, it's like you could... I mean, it's light. You could almost see through it. Yeah. But yours was a little thicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, Absolutely nice. perfect. I'm I glad you it. went with that. I'm glad you went with that instead of the uh, the flap steak. Yeah, I, I think it was oh, made all the difference in the world. Good deal. Let me ask you this. I'm going to show you a picture. All right. I got I want a you to, for you. I want you to tell me if you believe that this is an accurate depiction of Jesus Christ. Oh, no. I don't know. No. You don't? No, I don't think I it agree. is at all. Uh, this is... <clears throat> I hurt my heart. My soul is... <laughs> my soul is in pain. A poster of Christ uh, to promote Easter week in Seville, Spain is getting a lot of backlash. Some people say it's effeminate. It's offensive to Roman Catholics. It's designed by uh, a Seville artist, uh, Salustiano Garcia. His Christ is there in his, uh, after his resurrection from the dead. He's, he's semi-naked in front of a really red background, the lower part of his body covered by a white cloth, and just kind of pale, and I don't know. They say it shows the radiant side of Holy Week, the purest style of, prestigious, of this prestigious painter. I think... Uh, Jesus was more ripped than this uh, in the depictions uh, I've become familiar with. I know he's not a white guy, but, uh, you know, largely he's you know got to have some skin color from the area. But I've never seen him depicted as anything other than, you know, right, uh, like a swimmer's body, you know, uh, ripped. If you, and, and not, you know. If you go back to that time frame in history and that part of the country, of course, there, there was not the American white guy. Right, they were from Jerusalem, Egypt, Bethlehem. Right. Bethlehem. Those guys fished and ranched, or they did carpentry. That's all they did. There was no indoor air conditioner. There was no right, indoor right. plumbing. 
Nobody had body fat. <laughs> there was no obesity. <laughs> right. You know, so they were muscular men. They were, their skin was worn by the sun. That's why they wore all those clothes. Man, that really does. I'll tell you what, as a Christian, that hurts my soul that someone is that blatant to be that disrespectful. It's kind of, it kind of sexualizes him a little bit because, you, you know, if you were going to show a picture of Jesus, I mean, you could see the sides of his legs past, you know, his hips were, and this little cloth is just like covering his gro- a groin area. So he's kind of sexualizing him a bit. And well, they made him, fi- sorry, cutting off. They made him feminine sexualized. I think so too. Almost like a girly man. Man, that's the guy of the universe. You better be careful how you play with him. This guy, this guy, this was like uh, Jesus. Uh, if this was Jesus, he'd have pronouns. Let me see. It may not be he or him. That's disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. You need to burn that. Send it back to hell where it belongs. <laughs> my gosh. Man, that hurts my body, Eric. Ah. Come on. Everyone knows Jesus would have been flexing on everybody. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, I, I, if he was around today, he would be uh, probably in the gym uh, three days a week. All right. You know, proselytizing. Yes. You know, yeah. with, with horrors and, 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 and gym rats and, you know. Hey, that's the people Jesus spent his time with. He didn't come for the well, he came for the sick. A lot of people are upset about this. They should be. Absolutely shameful and aberration, wrote to Catholic IPSC magazine, which said it fosters respect for it fost it, it they foster respect for Christian symbols and the active is is, oppo- is opposing. Yeah, it, it it almost dehumanizes Christ. It says he, the image portrayed Christ as effeminate and camp. What's camp? Easy camp, like campy. Okay, like uh, they're demanding a public apology from the artist for a poster that was not in the spirit of Holy Week. That's bad. Other people like it. What kind of people? Uh, Devil worshippers? The artist. He said it was gentle and elegant and beautiful, and he painted it with deep respect for Jesus Christ. He said, to see sexuality in my image of Christ, you must be mad. There is nothing in that painting has not already been represented in artworks dating back hundreds of years. You can see his upper thigh. I don't know. To me, that's very offensive to anybody that believes in God. Um... That's just so disrespectful. That's all. That's the only other only word you could use. Yeah. Did you want to make me angry on purpose? Yeah, I did. I was that's, looking for a way to get really get you fired yeah, up I'm, in here. I'm, <laughs> I'm mad as hell right now. That is crazy, man. The audacity. It's in Spain. Don't worry well, about don't it. Don't worry about it. Spain. I don't. You know. Flying to Spain right now. I'm gonna burn it to the ground. Well, I figured you might get that, that upset bad. about it. Hurt my throat. <clears throat> um. You said you did kids only. Uh, no family stuff this weekend. No, you know, phone. No internet. No, just, no. You, you still did your chores at the at the farm, right? You had to go down and feed. Well, we we put out thousand pound round thousand pound round bell of hay. Uh-huh. So I did have to go out Sunday. Oh, okay. So yeah, so they had plenty of hay. The water was on. Everything was good. So Sunday it was really nothing. We got up at seven. Uh, we all went to the early service. We went eight. We went shopping. We just hung out. Had a Yukon full of. Crackers running around Lake Mary, you know, and uh, we ascended on Target and ascended on some other places. And the kids actually took me to uh, Target, uh, to uh, Starbucks. Apparently, Starbucks gets offended when you go through all your ordering, and then when they ask you your name, you say Venti to them. They don't like it. They got mad at me. Cause I, they Why would you even mess with them? Just tell them, you know, you yeah, just was, trying to be funny? I was trying to be funny. Well, you elicited this, then you got the response you wanted. I did. <laughs> I got, I got so you really unplugged from work. I did, yes, sir. Did you feel any shame? 
unplugging from work. For the first time ever, and I have to be honest with you, I know it sounds crazy. We talked about this last night at supper. For the first time ever, no. Normally, I'm always going over what I should have done, what I should have done. I shouldn't have done this. I should have done it. For the first time ever, I've thoroughly enjoyed. But, you know, we've had some things going in the family. So, like, appreciated family now is right. it's a different coin for me. New research highlights that what many employees have felt for a long time. Unplugging from work, meaning not checking messages, not checking your, checking your email, has become a thing of the past. The Journal of Applied Psychology published a fresh round of... Uh, Nationwide layoffs and uh, dives into the pressure felt by workers to, to, uh, to that keeps them from being truly offline. A quarter, uh, a quartet of university professors observed 200 full-time employees for two weeks to see how they manage their time away from the job and how burnout started to, uh, you know, rear its ugly head. <laughs> the more employees detached from work in the evening, the more shame they felt at work the next morning. Oh, wow. Paradoxically, the very experience that's supposed to rejuvenate employees made them feel bad about themselves instead. Like you're like they felt like they were problematic. Like you're supposed to take a day off and, you know, and and, and disconnect. Right. And do you, you, you. But if people don't, if they if some people that are working, you know, full time office jobs or whatever, they don't they try to, you know, go if they like after work on a. Friday, you don't check your email. You don't check your email Saturday or Sunday. You show up at work Monday, you feel shame. Because you see maybe a bunch of people sharing emails or answering emails or responding to emails, and you weren't. You were just out drinking and going out on the lake or whatever. Well, well let me ask you that. Corporate lifestyle, is that a requirement nowadays where it's like, hey, even though you're off the clock, you need to stay connected to emails and information? Or is that something people do over and above? I don't... Uh Normally, uh, I mean, I, I don't well. Everybody knows in this company and other companies I've worked for, I'm not the best at returning company email. Uh, it's a different email account for me. And most people that are in the know about my habit, they'll, they'll copy both my private email and my company email, make sure I see it. All right. But I don't feel guilty for no, sometimes, like, I'll see an announcement that something great happened and we want to congratulate. Oh, sorry, I missed that. Well, like, you know, it's a, I look at it on a Monday, it happened on a Friday. Right. I feel guilty sometimes not going home and instantly working on tomorrow's show. Really? Like I get home, I'd have a drink, hello, say hello, eat some dinner maybe, and uh, kiss my wife, and then eat, turn on the news. I'm sure you're the same way. Easy, turn on the news, mm-hmm. uh, and if you do, I do sit around. I just I, I'm on my phone, just scrolling news feeds. You know, and I might send something to my printer when my printer works. It's not currently working. Uh, but I, or I, I copied myself on it and, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm really bad about that. I am I, too. I do the same thing. I'll be sitting there and just scroll through my phone like, oh, that's something. I'll, I'll mark that for later. And, and lately, uh, I've realized it's a benefit to me when I come home just to not. I mean, some nights I can't. It's a breaking news, whatever. I'm going to try to find out what's up going on for tomorrow. But most nights, I instead of coming home and instantly jumping back in and watching some news program, Right. I've been turning on just mindless, stupid comedies or watching a, I'll be like two and a half men or is it three and a half men, two and a half men and, you know, dumb old series, you know, just kind of and, and talk with my wife, you know, hear about our day more. And, and you know, but yeah. it's a lot better than me just sitting down. But I don't feel shame not checking my email. We'll put it that way. But, you know, for what y'all do that time of night, you know, seven, eight, nine, that's when a lot of stuff is coming out fresh. So it kind of makes sense that you would have a couple hours after the show for that type of work. But that stuff also is going to be available to you in the morning. 
Right. So I think the time with you and your wife and, and the house and the dogs is, is probably more beneficial to you and your health. This has led some employees to be more likely to cut corners nine to five, making themselves appear busier and doing more than they actually were. The researchers also note the high pressure environments result in uh, employee strain and underwhelming productivity results. The threat of falling behind and potentially damaging their reputations made employees feel as if they had to get up to speed by any means necessary. Wow. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I believe in hard work and work ethic. There's also but, people that are probably sharing emails on a Saturday with the boss and maybe a couple of directors just to look, you know, like, well, oh, Jonathan's uh, on Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, he should be in church. He's emailing me about the business proposals and some, you know, blah, blah, some ideas he has. That's a real go getter. That's a real company man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go getter. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. That's the world we live in now. And, and I, I don't know, it's weird because it's so hypocritical. Like my son and some of his friends, their biggest problem was, we talked about this, the, their quality of life versus the time they work. And a lot of them can't find the jobs they want because, yeah. man, he wants me to work six days. I don't have me time. Yeah. You know? But that same thing. <laughs> or, or, or eight hours a day is, is like, oh, my God, eight hours a day. Oh, my God, I got no time for anything else. Hello. Right. Yeah. Like that Starbucks employee. I ain't nobody's slave working eight hour days. What? They pay you. <laughs> but, but that same generation also, there's part of them that are overachievers. They're never unplugging. Right. Right, 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 right. And whether they work for somebody or work for themselves, mainly, you know, guys that work for themselves are working all the time. But I don't, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not feeling any shame. Nah, you shouldn't feel shame. You, we, the, here's the thing, though. We as people, that's one thing we have to stop allowing other people to make us feel shameful for whatever we desire or set our boundaries for work or life or family time. My family time may not be your family time, so don't feel ashamed if. You, you know what I mean? Right. If I'm a guy that I have nothing else going on, and unless I'm on my emails, I'm going to be a stone-cold crackhead, well, great. I'll be on my emails 24 hours a day. Don't ju- don't feel shame because I live that lifestyle. Shame is one. It, 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 you don't feel shame, do you? It's a dirty you word. No, I don't. Shame. <clears throat> I don't, yeah, I wouldn't feel shame. I may feel a little bit of guilt if I'm not in on a, you know, I'm a, a, a not a key player in this company, but I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm you know, they... I want to be involved in things, and people always want to ask my opinion on stuff. So I don't, I don't avoid that stuff. But I, sometimes I feel like I'm not, you know, I never feel shame for not checking my emails or, uh, you know, and detaching from work. I feel no shame. Matter of fact, I, oh, I, I do feel guilt because I know that I'm, you know, the weeks I took off, my brother died, and I had to take a couple of weeks in in Dallas. I knew that it really <clears throat> people don't like it when we take off. And yeah, I mean, I get it. That uh, was a different thing because they knew, I think our audience knew the, the, the reason and are sympathetic to it. But, you but other go. times I take just time off, they're like, oh, too dead on you weren't even there. Damn yeah, it. What I, the yeah, hell I are you it. doing? Uh, you know, we're here daily with people. They uh, feel like they're part of it, they're part of the show. So when there is a day that that changes their schedule, I get it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit as well. And if I turn on where I'm like, oh, I always listen to this show at this time and it's something else, I feel a little upset. Now, I get also people take the time off. Uh, when it comes to here, though, I, there is no shame if they're like, oh, well, I missed an email that I didn't see or this and that. But when it comes to other like prep stuff, I'm also I'm a news person pretty much all time anyway. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's not even work for me a lot of times. It's not a detachment because that's what I'm doing. I'm 
looking and all that stuff's going on. And anyway, it's just kind of part of my job is at the same time. Right, right. A couple of things. One, you shouldn't feel ashamed your brother died. Two, your best friend and protege had you covered pretty good. Yeah. And then imagine this. Can you imagine doing open mics and you get best stuff from Star Trek guy? You know, what? Best stuff from Star Trek guy. During the open mics? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people start doing best of open mics. We can't be here today, so we're going to play a best of. I, I think more now, now more than ever, most people know. There was a time, I think, in the 80s and 90s where we just all about excelling, excelling, and, you know, having it all, and, you know, me, 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 and, and that gets, you know, people realize you know, there's no balance between your family and your time, and you shouldn't, there should be a time when your brain is detached from everything except for your family. Yes. No, you're right. And that stops guys from stroking out at 52 and wives from running off with pool boys. You know what I mean? Guys having strokes at 50, 52, 54, they're all stressed out. Yeah. Work, 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 work. They get past the promotion. Now they go into midlife crisis. They never spend time with their wife. The wife has the pool boy. The whole family structure is destroyed. Because I'm sure my wife would never run off with our pool boy. I hope not. <clears throat> I mean, have you seen your pool guy lately? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have a pool anymore, so we're good. <laughs> um, and he smokes a lot more weed than me, I think. <laughs> He's not a great guy. Just kidding. If That's you're Casey, you're listening. That's awesome. Whatever your name is. That's good. Um, this is, uh, we should talk about this more when we get back. But We didn't talk about this last week, but Alyssa Milano put out a, a tweet the, the actress, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Left-wing activist more than an actress now. And uh, I hate it when people internet panhandle for dumb stuff, meaningless things. You know what I mean? Like a like a GoFundMe uh, because of Phil's uh, car got hit and he didn't have any insurance and stuff like that. Well, that's Phil's problem. Right. Uh, yes. So, but if you're, you know, someone's dying of cancer, they need some things. Right. So, last week she went to uh, on X and sh- shared a GoFundMe. And asked her followers to chip in up to ten grand so her twelve year old son's baseball team can travel to Cooperstown, New York. What? She's a multi millionaire celebrity crowdfunding a childhood luxury and and went to you know No, it's bullshit. When you you know, if you if you're an actress. I know that she's not an A-lister, but I looked up her net worth. It's somewhere around $10, 15000000 million, depending on what you look yeah, at. I mean, those travel balls are expensive. I uh, get those it. Those teams are really expensive. But not only is she one of the parents, uh, her she, her kid's not playing on one of the inner city teams with the, where the rest of the parents are making below a minimum wage. Right. Uh, that's on one of the, the most wealthy teams in the entire league. You don't need to be crowdfunding cash from it. Each one of those parents is probably millionaires yeah. themselves. And a quick, wow. a quick uh, <clears throat> review of her social media uh, would show that she recently purchased uh, all-electric Porsche, which costs around two hundred thousand dollars. Nice. And it, for the record, it's not twelve thousand per kid. It was twelve thousand for, for, for the whole thing. The whole ten ten grand is what the whole thing she was. Had just, she had to pay for the whole thing herself. Yeah. What a jerk. I mean, what what do you what do you suppose the motivation was? Get money out of suckers? Yeah, get money out of Man. suckers. And keep hers? It was just like when Oprah and that other guy, who was it, that went on uh, the, the Facebook and social media telling people to fundraise for the people in Hawaii. Yeah, when well, Oprah why and Rock. Oh, why yeah. Why Oprah why don't you guys kind of check real quick yeah. <laughs> while you're at it? Yeah, y'all better check and get off of social media. All right, yeah. we got to take a break here.
<clears throat> you gonna hang out with us? I will. I have a few things to talk about if you don't mind. Oh, you absolutely. Uh, please, uh, by all means. We'll be right back. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. Jonathan Morris is here from the Morris Family Farms. I'm all jacked up on uh, Cayenne New York strips. Cayenne New, New York, York strips? Yeah, yeah. cayenne-induced New York strips. I was reading the other day that uh, an article that said Americans are eating too much protein. We're freaking out about protein. We're not. We're eating too much. And it could be making us sick. You dirty protein eaters. Always. You know yeah. what I do? I change vegetarians to meat eaters. Yeah? I did another one today. It's like turning a lesbian? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Little bitty thing. <laughs> her name was Alyssa, and I'm not hitting on her. She was a cute little girl, married, got a couple kids in our shop, and I converted her. Sold her. She started with chicken thighs. She wanted to start slow. Mm-hmm. I was eating uh, two New York strips stacked on top of each other. Wow, she while in. she was there? She was like, she walked in as I was eating. She's like, oh, what is that? I was like, oh, my lunch. She goes, oh, that's late for lunch. I was like, well, I don't start until around 2.30. And I ate 3,000 calories in four hours. She's like, <gasps> like her whole body changed. I was like, yeah, I'm that guy. And I, I don't mean to go deep when I do it, but I do. And then, you know, and I don't know. I don't. You, I don't. you are like a meat pusher. I am. So I showed you. You're, you're, like you're, you're like a pusher. I, I saw you push meat on some people uh, Saturday. You did, did you? I did. And I brought you involved. Yeah, you got me involved in the whole <laughs> thing. Eric, Eric, there's this couple never been there before. They're trying to figure out the shop. I was like, you know what? Why don't you ask local celebrity Shannon Burke? So they, 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 didn't know, they didn't know me from Adam. They're like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Who are you? They're like, this is your grandpa. Well, right you there? didn't go, I'm local celebrity Shannon Burke. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, they said, Who are you? I said, I'm a meteorologist, uh, weather guy down on the street at the station. Uh, yeah, they didn't, uh, I don't know that they, they, they weren't um, meat eaters or. Uh, they just moved here from Massachusetts. Yeah. And they were there. Oh, the one guy said he, he listened to the station. No, no, that was a different couple. Oh, okay. That couple, yes. The guy actually brought the deer today. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, was, you, I, didn't I, don't, you, I don't get hooked up a little bit. Of, I, I didn't know you ate deer. You eat deer? What? Yeah, We've made a rabbit, deer, elk. I, I will bring who doesn't eat deer? I don't know. You know what? You're right. I've eaten deer backstrap with a wild caught with Ted Nugent backstage at the Hard Rock. All right, I'll bring you deer up. Saturday, I got I deer. I can't top that. I still have some deer in my freezer, but I'm here from Ted Nugent. That's hilarious. Listen, since you brought it up. Then I watched him shoot a flaming arrow with a bow from one side of the stage to a picture, a giant picture of Janet Reno uh, uh, on, a, on a bale of hay on the other side, poof, and it all catches on fire, and guys come out with fire stickers and blow it out. That was the start of his show. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. up on venison. Oh, that's great. It's funny. The other day, Don Miller uh, texted me, hey, can you get venison? I said, dude, I'm too busy to go hunting right now. He texted me, question mark, question mark, question mark. I was like, I got a buddy that hunts. I'll see what I can do. He's like, no, like, can you just source it from like a normal place? I was like, no, Don, well, we want venison. We go shoot it, yeah. skin it, and break it in. So I was talking to him right before oh, the Oh, the guy show. was standing there. He had five deer in his freezer. Yes, I got one from Michigan. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you were in the deer. I don't brought you something tonight. I got oh, you. Oh, man, Saturday. I make some deer chili. I got you. All right. I got you on Saturday. All right, can we do a little business real quick? Let's do some business. The shop is... You want some business music background? The shop just closed five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, That's all right. Call him. I'm going to open that bitch back up. Come on. Hey, listen. If the, listen, Jesse James, my man, is there probably till seven. Beat on the door if he hadn't sold out. I roasted. I fire roasted. I know y'all got this radio show y'all do, but have y'all been on Facebook this afternoon? No, I have not. <laughs> not looking for anything fire roasted. I fire roasted four tomahawks. 
a carne asada and a, tea, uh, a porterhouse. That was for supper tonight. And you can either buy it whole for a hundred bucks, and we slice it up thirty dollars a pound with macaroni and cheese and white bread. Mm. Those are the two mm. sides: mm. macaroni and cheese and white bread. Damn. So I had that. I was supposed to downstairs at five eighteen, but that's all right. I'm not worried about it. Uh, this sat this Sunday. Ready? Yeah. This Sunday. This Sunday. A, a double header. meets. No, a double header. A double Organic header. meets is going on the road to both Georgia and Fort Walton Beach. Get your orders in. I'll be in Fort. Wal- I'll be in Georgia at Atlanta Mall at 10 a.m. And then I'll in be- a world where people need meat because the Super Bowl is on the 11th. You do the deep voice stuff. I'll just keep. Are you, wait, are you, uh, what do you mean you do like pre-Super Bowl deliveries? Yes, I'm, I'm getting everybody. I was going to go on, originally. The 11th was my day, and I was like, wait. That sounds like a bad day to go. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it might be a bad day. That's the Super Bowl. Remember, <laughs> you know, stand in the parking lot out there the, of the uh, what's the name of the place, and you stand in all and looking and standing in the bed of your truck like, "Who's in there, bud?" So remember, I'm getting good at calendars. Remember when I did that pig roast on the NASCAR 500 day? Yep. And we're like, "Why didn't nobody come to my pig roast?" <laughs> <laughs> I believe you tried to also do another pig roast on a Super Bowl Sunday, too. And I did. we had to let yes. you know that that was a bad idea. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So now I look at calendars. Oh. So instead of going on the 11th, I'm going this Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if you want something for Super Bowl, get your order in. I'm going, I'll am going. i be in Atlanta at the Cumberland Mall uh, at 10 a.m. And then when I meet everybody there, I got a couple people on the outskirts of uh, Georgia I'm going to stop at on my way to the Fort I want to kill an Atlanta listener to send me a six-pack of Scofflaw. I mean, come uh, on. You know, the guy used to, every time, I don't know what happened. You didn't make him mad, did you? No. All right. <clears throat> Not at all. I told him I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to send him money, Venmo him some money, so he could, like, give me a case. All right. He's just a nice guy. He uh, is. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. He loves giving you the gifts. So does Everdrive Jay. Jay loves great oh, sending love gifts. He's uh, great. And then I'm going to go to Fort Walton. I'll be there Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon. Man. And then Monday morning, I'm going to I'd love to be in Fort Walton right now. Let's go. Damn it. I hate this city. We can go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just I haven't been there in so long, and I've, I'm like I'm longing for it. You know. I hear we got a station up there. You we check do. It out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I swear, if like I had uh, number one up there, right? Isn't yeah, number one uh, talk show. If we had a that station, uh, is powerful up there. Uh, if we look, it, I told the uh, boss we need to get a corporate apartment. I'll go. We'll go there. We'll do a week, a month up there. You know. I know the I people. Was, I, know, I love that place. Gretchen and them at Beach Weekend. I guarantee. Yeah, I know. You, baby. Yeah, they'll put you up a week at a time. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, on the off season, those things are. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money in AC. <laughs> <laughs> During the season, you can sleep behind the dumpster. <laughs> uh, so I'll be in Fort Walton Sunday evening. I'm going to spend the night there. Monday morning, grab, grab more supplies from. Uh, so you're going from here to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Fort Walton Beach. Yes, I'm really focusing on family time now. So instead of doing, you got a bunch of kids. Your kids, you make it going to go with you? Uh, no, because they got a lot of stuff going on at church this time of year. Getting ah. ready for Easter, doing a lot of training program. Right, stuff. I got a lot of stuff getting so, ready for Easter too. I, I figured you did. Very busy. Uh, so instead of doing Georgia one weekend for Walton one weekend, I'm just gonna get up earlier, hit both of them at the same time, and then get home. And it's gonna it'll be better. It'll, it will. Damn. Uh, Right. So if you say in, so, if you're in Fort Walton, Pensacola, Panama City, if you're around Georgia, my guys that uh, that I meet at the truck stop on 201, Matthew Hunt, y- y'all know who you are. Hit me up this week on the shop phone. Get your orders in. We got tomahawks. We got ribeyes. We got we got everything. Mm. Come get what it. a better way. I mean, you know, when you're doing a Super Bowl party, I've done a couple. You have a lot of people over, and you you know, you're not thinking you know tomahawks for everybody. No, <laughs> but if you if you go and watch the videos we've done. And um, I'll do one this Saturday. That's the way I did it when I took those uh, five or six up to uh, Dallas to my pop's house. 
uh, in my carry-on luggage, and it got stopped by TSA because they thought they were weapons. Uh, I would, there were so many people there that I would I could only cook like four at a time on my dad's little grill, right. and they were perfect. And I would do four, and I would take them in, and I'd cut them off the bone, and then slice it up and put it on a giant tray. People helped themselves. Yes. And I would go back out and do three more, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to, to, like, to imagine a guy coming out of the kitchen with one tomahawk on a plate now, here you are sir i mean for you or i not so much i think we could do it yes but the average person's not gonna eat you could probably do it yeah we, it, we, the average guy's not gonna sit down on a two and a half three pound no. ribeye and eat the whole thing no but but one of the things that started selling damn more, it's so good it is why is it so good because you're a man no 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 why is the the the, the you know you get a ribeye and and and, oh. and and the but the tomahawk is a is a looks way different just from the ribeye. Okay, cut with it still on the well, bone. Okay, well here you, you understand me mm-hmm. more. All right, so the ribeye cap is off. You pull that piece off. So okay, explain the ribeye cap to for the. Uh, it's know, a, it's about that. a quarter inch to a half inch cap. There's a proper name for it. Just like I was texting that thing, I found out the name about the perineum. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, there's a name for the ribeye cap. I'm careful. <laughs> Sorry. Do I want to even know why you were uh, testing that? He just texted me and said, I just found out my taint is called per, uh, per, perineum. Yes. For the first time, I don't, I'm 46 years old. I always thought it medically was a taint. And I found out it's Medically, a, you thought it was a medical word? Yeah. Like, actually, uh, Jonathan, I'm afraid you've got an uh, infection on your taint. No. <laughs> That's why there's taints built down over there outside of Oviedo. <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought it, it tainted this and it tainted that. You know what I mean? So it's. Right, but medically, you know, you thought that I it was did. like in the book when they, in, in med sure. school, you're like a third-year med student. All right, can someone point out to the uh, taint area? The taint. I, I, I thought for sure in the medical dictionary, the taint, the small area between the this and the this. Right. And then I found out. All right, go on. Right. So there's a, there's a cap that sits on top of the ribeye. And that's well, even we, on top of the ribeye, so well, if we, I'm looking at a cow, okay, head on, right. and, and I'm looking at the cow standing in front of me, and, it's, uh, and I'm going back this way, and I'm looking at it in sections, uh, the ribeye, the, the ribeye you're talking about is at the top of its ribs or at the bottom of its ribs? No, it's at the top. Yeah, right, behind the, very top. right behind the chuck. Behind the chuck, and the top, the very top is is a roll of is a is layer it, of fat. Yes. Okay. And some places, real high up butcher shops, will peel that off and roll it up. And there's an actual name for it. I just don't know what it is. The fat? No, the cap. Oh, okay. It's about a half inch piece of meat. And then you have what they call the rib. The real a real rib eye eye steak is just the eye part of it. Right. But I sell the whole rib eye. I sell the whole thing. Yes. I mean, one piece of meat could be a demonico, a ribeye, or I say, all right, so we just sell ribeyes because we're just simple people. You're not fancy, yeah. But if you were to shave that piece off at the enzyme, <laughs> then you have that small eye steak. So the ribeye, instead of being what we sell, goes you, down. The lip, the lip is, you yes. take the lip off and you have just the eye. Yeah. So that's the tomahawk? It's just the no, rib? The, okay. The, the tomahawk is, you pull the lip, so that's why it looks different. Yep. And then you have the ribeye, and you have the rib part that goes down toward the rib cage. Yep. This starts what would be your rib. And then you fritch the rib, you shave the rib off the rib meat, yeah. and that goes in the grinder, and then that's why you have the fresh bone. So you cut the bone right here at the where it connects at the blade. Right. That way the bones are separated. And then you saw in between the bones. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so the bigger the cow, the bigger the ribeye. The, yeah. Right? The bigger the distance in between the rib cage. Right. And then you pop the cap. So that way it looks like that perfect, like, man, that rib was made for that ribeye. Right. And there's not a, there's not a roll of fat. You know, right. uh, or not, a cap on it either. Yes, you don't. But have they're marble, is they're beautifully marble. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> and they're thick. So the ribeye cap is called a spinalis dorsi. Yes. Spinalis. Oh, the old spinalis dorsi. I can give my recipe for a spinalis, a spinalis dorsi stroganoff. A lot of people do stuffed spinalis. Are you playing with me right now? No. 
You have a Spanalis off. I'd like to have that on Tuesdays, please. On Tuesday, Tuesdays. So uh, it, wait, that's, people eat that. That's that's not just all fat. There's no, meat in there. Oh no, with it's actually it. very uh, marbled. Uh, the another name for it is a wagyu ribeye cap because it looks like wagyu. Uh, the, yeah. There's a small strip of it that looks a lot like wagyu. Well, what is this going to the trash can of your place? No, it's on the ribeye. I don't cut it off. Oh, the oh the on the ribeye steak, not the not the yes. The, but on the tomahawk, it's peeled in order to get that appearance. Man. It's just like our chicken. We leave the back tender on. That's why yeah. our chicken. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. peel stuff off the of meat. I leave the best parts on. I'm not a grocery store that has 9,000 items where we need all that different stuff. Right. And to be honest, most places don't sell the cat with a spinalis. It just goes in the grinder or it goes in something else. Because it doesn't fit their plate idea when they cut their ribeyes. It's the stupidest thing in the world. What do you mean? Well, you just have a, a nice fat... But if you go to a grocery store, that cap part, they throw, they throw that in the ground and throw it in whatever because it doesn't fit that little tray they wrap it up to put the steaks on. Yeah, it doesn't have that flat look of what you're expecting a ribeye to look like when it comes out. It's an image thing. I talked to a guy they from Publix that's a butcher from Publix. Right. And it is crazy the stuff they cut off of meat to make it look eye appeal for the way Publix sells people meat. It's insane. There's a whole class on. And they throw it in the, uh, in the grinder. They don't let it go to waste, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They do whatever they do with it. Yeah, you know? Ground beef. Right. Chuck hey, or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. I don't ask too many questions. Huh. But anyway, so that's how the the, the 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 tomahawk is what the tomahawk is. And then the fact that it's almost three pounds, like I tell people, you come in and order a quarter-inch ribeye or you order an inch-and-a-half ribeye. Yeah, inch-and-a-half. Because of the, the, the amount of meat and juice and fat that renders, it's two different pieces of meat. The juice factor, the flavor right, factor. Right, 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 right. So now you have a three-pound meat. It's almost like a roast, almost like a prime rib. So it cooks different. It cooks better. There's more room for error. You know, you could very easily. You so, can't f up one of those. I did. No. My dad has an, an LPG, uh, uh, old gas. Uh, uh, it's been there for 22 years. Old right. gas grill. I forget the name of it. No matter. Uh, it's you know, it's aluminum. It's been there for. It's awesome. It, it's the best outdoor cooking I've ever done on this little. And, right. I, and I I put them on there, and you know, and there every single one was absolutely perfect. I could but, not yeah. get. I could not get a. I have a one uh, brother-in-law. Is like, hey, can you get something like medium? I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do medium. No, we're cutting our communists. He said, well, can we get close to medium? I said, I'll do a medium rare, kind of close to medium. And I say the very last steak, and it came out like medium rare. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. Here, get, eat it anyway. Yeah, put it in the microwave. You know, <laughs> yeah, really. There's a trick to that though. A little skillet with a little bit of butter oil in it. And as you're slicing it for those type of people, you just oh, yeah, put their, it back in. Yeah, yeah, just as you cut their piece off, two minutes in the skillet, it browns it right up, and they're yeah. happy. Everybody's happy. But so what we were doing on Sundays when we were doing it, put a cutting board on the table, no utensils anywhere. If you ask for utensils, you have to leave. Where was this? The family? When, 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 no, when Don, oh, okay. Don and Holly and all them were coming. Oh down, yeah, like carnivores. Yeah, yeah. So well, I put the cutting board on the table. Slice it kind of at an angle where you can slice all the way up to the bone. Yeah, and then you just leave it and walk away. And they just pick it. So it still looks like a tomahawk, but it's completely cut. Uh-huh. And then you just grab. There's a rule Bite it with the their hands, with the fingers. There's a rule in the country. Only take what you touch. Right. Only take what you touch. Absolutely. Grab a piece of eat. No grab double piece, dipping. No double dipping. Don't be fumbling all through the meat. Just yeah. Don't you, be you know? picking your nose and then going in right, and grabbing right, something right. either. Be, you know, right. be clean. Like yeah. a, don't be a savage. Right. Yeah. Have some, yeah. That's right. the way to do it. Who's, on, who's, on, who, who's on the line? Yeah, Dave G. David G. Let's talk to David G. David G., how are you? Thanks for holding. Hey, Shannon, great show. Thank you. Hey, I just had a quick question for Jonathan about the uh, spinalis muscle. 
Don't they sometimes package those for retail like a pinwheel? Yes. Where they roll it yeah, up? Yeah, I was going to say pinwheel. So it looks like a steak. Is that what that is? That's one of the best cuts of meat on the cow. Yes, it is. That's why I leave it on my right. rib. Yeah, that's a oh man. And I got to tell you, two Thanksgivings in a row, I bought rib rows from you and took them up to Woodstock, Georgia, for uh, my daughter and her family. Best piece of meat yep. they've ever eaten or I've ever eaten. Yes, sir. Thank you, David G. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. So, shit. All right, guys. Thanks, David. Hey, Appreciate thanks, it, buddy. Uh, appreciate you, bud. Don't be mistaken. Some of that spiral meat you see rolled up is what how they do the skirt. The skirt yeah, yeah, I've seen the skirt, skirt, yes. skirt steak as well. Yes, the spinalis. Um, JJ actually, at the last time we saw each other, he pulled the spinalis off and he did spinach and some type of provolone. He actually stuffed it with something, rolled it up, and did it on the grill. And the liberal side of the family ate it and really loved it. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the liberal side of the family oh, they ate it and loved it. <laughs> <laughs> As conservatives, we don't eat spinach on the steaks. The liberal side of uh, oh, his family. Yeah, their family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. They were like, did you, did he I hear was, right that he's thinking about going vegetarian? Can we not talk about this on there? All right. We can't. We don't have to. I, I don't know what's going There's on. There's something else I'd like to talk about on the, on the other. Well, let's talk about I, it. I don't know that family. you want to talk about it. It's not family. It's that what you told me about uh, when I was there Saturday that happened to you. We can talk about it. It, it, it shows the... The uh, the the insaneness that farmers have to go through, because so Jonathan, I'm in there, I'm back in the t- hanging out with him. I don't know, he's grinding some stuff up. I'm getting my uh, what? Oh, uh, Amy was shaving my rib rows, and he's like, I almost got arrested the other day. Went to jail. I said, What? Yeah. What's going on? He goes, uh, The cops showed up. They're gonna put me in jail. And you take the story from there. So I get a phone call from a buddy of mine. This a police officer giving me a heads up. I'm not gonna say his name. I don't want to get in trouble. Give me a heads up. Saying, Hey man, you're all over the radar. You're on the radio. They're coming. I was like, who's coming? He's like, look, we got three down one calls. There's a lady in our neighborhood that lives across from our cow pasture. She comes in our shop. Let me, so let me back up to that. She comes in our shop every week and she says to me, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. What you do to those cows at night, but you got the best <laughs> filet I ever had. So I <laughs> <laughs> and I tell her, you be ashamed of yourself. I said, man, I don't do nothing to my cows. It's they look, my cows are in the middle of the city of Lake Mary. And I have two little calves that came out. The mom rejected them, and they're thin, but they're okay. They're just thin. She called 911 on Friday. This was the third time she called 911. She said that the man that has the cows are doing something really mean and rude to them. I think he's raising them for torture and sport hunt. So, <laughs> yeah, that's like sport hunting a cow. <laughs> they're so difficult to hunt. But they're really quick, though. The hunt's over in no time. So the state of Florida got involved. Animal control got involved. They have seven police officers. The state people, they're walking all over the property. They were they said they couldn't get a hold of me because they were calling me from a number that showed, was a spam. Yeah, number. showed so your my, photo, showed up a spam. My phone was blocking it. So the officers sit next to me, and they're like, look, you got to go in. We got to, you got to go talk to these people. And, 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 and they're at the back door of my shop, and Aurora's there by herself, and we have, the place is packed, and Aurora keeps coming outside. I was like, you need to stay inside in case they put handcuffs on me. Oh. And... He, so finally, he gets me in contact with the lady from the state, and I showed him my phone. I was like, "Look, it's spam. I'm not avoiding anybody. The cows go from the pasture to the right. shop." Right. But yes, it was an investigative type. They had to come out and verify that you had hay and feed, yes. and your and your cows weren't. I mean, you should have just been able to pick up a ribeye. Go look at that. What I mean is this: it was this look like an abused cow to you? Yeah. Look at the and, fat cap on that bad boy. And it's crazy because <laughs> we talked about. 
I can understand, like, you beat up your wife, your wife calls out one. Yeah. You got to prove yourself innocent. Right, right, right. But they're cows. They're walking around. Ghosts look at them, yeah. And, yes, there were two of them were a little thin, but it's like for crying out loud. So there was a judge there, a retired judge from Simbolo County. Uh-huh. And he was telling me, he's like, man, Jonathan, you got to be careful, man. He's like, you know, right before I retired, there was two cases going on. Top floor was murder two, dead body on the ground. And I had an animal neglect, not even a death, just an animal neglect case. He said every news media channel in town was there. It was standing room only. I had to get the bailiffs to make people leave because we couldn't close the courtroom doors. And the poor judge doing the murder two case, it was the state and the defendant. <laughs> He's like, nobody cares. It was a dead body. But God forbid a cow is mistreated or a little yeah. bit hungry. Yeah, that's uh, the truth. The lady came by today, and we actually talked uh, for, for a good while. Very nice lady. I'm not going to say her name either because she's a state employee. Very nice lady. She understands now that, and she called me. She's like, I still don't believe the phone. I was like, well, here's my phone. Call me right now. She called me. It kicked her straight to voicemail, and my phone said rejected spam call. I was like, man, you need to call me from a different number because I'm never going to answer. My, yeah, no kidding. I, I'm not going to have my phone accept, spam, accept uh, yeah. spam calls just for you. Call, find a different number to call me from, and I'll talk to you or just show up at the shop. Or, or, or when you're out there pouring feed into the trough of the my buddy fence called, line. My buddy called. He goes, John, there's seven Lake Mary police officers walking around your property. What in God's name is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mind your own business. Damn, you're an outlaw farmer, too. Crazy, crazy, baby. I'm so crazy. it's all resolved, right? It's, it's all done. They get it. It, it, it. You tell the lady to mind her own business from now on. and it, You know, it, you can't because she'll call back and be like, oh, he harassed me. He, he called me, threatened me not to call. And. Just say if you have a problem. Obviously, yeah. you were. Did you tell her you were wrong? That you did you do you realize now you were wrong? My my animals were fine and healthy. And Sharon, I tell her she's wrong three times a week while she's buying fillets. <laughs> she comes to my shop. I know the lady. That the next time she comes in, here's what you do. She says, when she comes and goes, I need another fillet because you got the best fillets in town. I go, man, here's the best. You know why there's so many? Because the torture. Mm-hmm. You I love torture. torture meat, don't you? This yeah. is torture. This, that's how it tenderizes it. Once <laughs> they're, they're in fear, you know. And I just have to call nine one one and tell them she tried to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and have them and have them put an investigative warrant out on her. <laughs> wow, what a story, dude! Yeah, that's how it started by Friday. Isn't it wild? Crazy man, absolutely crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, um, what? Two more things. Meat box uh, is going out tomorrow morning for everybody that's been texting. I'm, I'm sorry, I get, last week was just kind of crazy. If you haven't got a meat box, I have enough product for ten more. So if you want to get in the meat box and you're not in it, you want one. Um, Text or call me tonight. Yeah. 407-402-5686. Yeah, Text we'll that number. And then Saturday, we're going to finish the conversation about seed beds on Between the Ribs. Seed beds? Seed seed beds. Seed beds seed safes? Seed, what's it called? Seed bank. Seed, seed beds. banks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, seed bank, seed beds. We got into it a little bit Saturday after our great discussion uh, with Vicky, and you called yeah, in. That was, man, what a show, right? That was a good show. Good. So we're going to finish the vegetable part of that. It was. <laughs> it, was it was amazing. <laughs> it was a good show. Yeah. All right. Saturday's at what, Four. Saturdays at 4 between the ribs. Now, back to the Shannon Burke Show in progress. Uh, when we return, uh, is there anything you think you need to confess on your deathbed? Yes. Really? To who, Jesus or you? It's got to be allowed. Not to me. I don't want to be. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I'm being implicated in a crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm golden. I sleep well at night. Uh, I'll tell you what a dying mobster confessed to on his deathbed um, after he was spared prison because of his... You know, he's dying. And we'll get to your remarks. Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Having low income can mean making tough choices, choosing between paying for food or medication. 
or a place to live is a reality for many people. Do you know someone who could use some extra help? Find out about the Supplemental Security Income Program, SSI, administered by Social Security. You could receive monthly SSI payments if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. SSI is money you can use to help pay for basic needs, like putting food on the table, keeping the lights on, paying the rent. It can mean new shoes for growing feet or help with medical needs. Call 1-800-772-1213 or visit ssa.gov SSI to schedule an appointment or start to apply today. That's ssa.gov SSI. This message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. Smiles are powerful. They spread joy, laughter, and hope. But not everyone gets a fair chance at a smile. Every three minutes, a baby is born with a cleft, making it difficult to talk, hear, eat, and even breathe. In America, most children with clefts receive immediate care, but others around the world may never have access to the surgery they need to thrive. Smile Train is changing that. As the world's largest cleft charity, our sustainable model has sponsored more than 1.5 million smiles. We offer training and financial support to local medical professionals so they can provide life-changing surgery and other essential services at no cost to families. It's more than to see these children, to hear the difference that we make. And for me, being born with a cleft lip palate, knowing what they went through, is so life-changing for me. Help us change the world one smile at a time. To learn more, visit smiletrain.org slash learn. Okay, men, time to be an all-star caregiver. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Be there emotionally and physically. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Yes, sir. Um, wow, we got a lot of those. So, a uh, Terry John Martin will face the judge, sentence him to life. He's a uh, mobster for a uh, a heist. He had come out of retirement to pull one off, one last score at the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, uh, where he stole the ruby slippers. Just one last heist. <laughs> one last heist. Uh, they wanted to bring some closure to it. The museum, the collector that owns it, uh, they'll uh, they'll never be made whole in this case, but they're more whole than they've ever been in the last 18 years. I guess they got him back. He's expected to die within the next couple of months. Constant oxygen therapy for his uh, COPD. Uh, he'll have to pay th- 23 grand in restitution. Um, but, you know, the ruby slippers are home. Was that really like uh, he lived his whole mob life and he's like, I got to get one more last, one last score. Let's get oh, yeah. the ruby slippers. Yeah, we got one last ice for you. The down, ruby slippers. Down at the Jewy Museum. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep bringing me back in. Yeah, just when I thought I was out. Yeah, uh, best movie ever. Um, what else? Hold on to that for. What else? What do you got? Uh, 
Well, you, they're looking to deschedule marijuana, you know, that uh, a lot of Dems are urging Biden to deschedule it. It means take it off and make it recreational in the whole country. That It'll uh, undoubtedly uh, uh, boost his popularity, I would imagine, a little bit. Um, but you know who the uh, biggest, one of the biggest sellers of marijuana in the country is, providing 22% of all legal marijuana sold in the state of California? I'll give you a hint. He's in the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. Ah, let's narrow it down a little more. Uh, former San Francisco 49er. Oh, Joe Montana? Yes. All right. Joe Montana oh, Joe. is invested in a little California cannabis startup years ago. It was tiny. Uh, now he has an ownership stake in what is now one of the biggest pot companies in the state of California. Wow. Yeah. It's responsible for 22% of the weed in California. Man, a lot. Oh, man. Well, Joe Montana. Who yeah. I don't know. I'm happy to hear the NFL doesn't have a problem with it, right? Or maybe they do, maybe they don't. He's he's unemployed by them, but he's a you know a big broadcaster. Yeah, but he's out of the game. But will it get him out of the Hall of Fame? Like uh, he's a Hall of Famer already. What are you going to take it away from him because he sells weed? It's, right, it's legal in California. Okay, so that's, it won't be something like uh, you don't hear him, you know, popping like wearing the weed hat when he's on. No, <laughs> he's just worried about all his money. He's got. Yeah, it's just an investment to him. I don't. I don't think he's out pushing weed. You know yeah, what I mean? He's on like corner. Jim Belushi has a big pot farm. Yeah, uh, Joe just has a, a he owns an investment firm that happens to be invested in it. Right, Liquid Two Ventures, his uh, venture capital firm. Nabis is the name of the cannabis, cannabis company, uh, founded by a pair of tech engineers. They become one of the most successful pot companies ever. And if it if they de schedule that here, it'll be John Morgan. Well, so that's going to be my answer, Morgan and Morgan. But then you threw in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if it were, well, I mean. Yeah, if it's descheduled, he'll become one of the biggest. What's the tax oh. on that? The government makes a lot of money. It's Currently, in the state of Florida, there isn't any because it's only medical. And is it considered a medicine? You can't, there's no tax on it. It's yeah. even dollar. The government makes no money off it right now because of that. In Florida? Yes, uh, wherever it's medical. The, well, across the country. Oh, right? everywhere. They because they, that's why the places where it is legal struggle because they can't put money into banks. But they, uh, it's oh. California that charges sales tax on it, don't they? Or do they not? Yeah, I think the state makes off it, but I don't, the federal government can't because, oh. again, you can't put you can't the money put into the money a, a bank. Yeah, a traditional bank. Really? Yeah. It's got money to stack up under the dog. Cases. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the mattress with it. Like, why got so many Jimmy Shepherds out back? Well, we got money. We got money. I'm a weed company, and you know, there's a lot of money involved. Yeah, a lot of cash. Should we get to uh, these remarks? There are plenty from the Florida Man Radio app, and powered by Morris Family Farms and Organic Meats. Um, uh, your key to uh, uh, podcasts of past shows, commercial free, they're pumped up right after the show. Um, all the other shows are there as well, and your ability to communicate with us, the little microphone button at the bottom. Here we go. Todd Daytona, I'll give up my penis when they pry it from my cold, dead hands. Uh-huh. Beauty, beauty. <laughs> Todd's awesome. Kate said poop, and now I'm never going to masturbate again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm out in the woods, and, and I'm masturbating, and all of a sudden... Uh, I got to take a number three, man. You know, I got to be in poop. What am I going to do over here? And then I get busted for for pulling my chicken and for taking the crap and for peeing on it. Ah, it's a, it's a big, that's a lot of tickets, man. It's like $1,000 fines. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kid with the bagel shop probably should have handed out business cards at his high school graduation. 
to all of his classmates who were going on to get sociology degrees or music degrees. Say, come see me in four years. I got a job for you selling coffee. <laughs> nice. Hey, Shando, I want to pass this off. My son works in Target, and he was telling us last night at dinner that Target is going to have Black Lives Matter stuff for uh, the month of February. You think these people to learn their lesson? Yeah, I don't get it. They're going to have Black Lives Matter merchandise for why is February? Is it Black a, History Month? Oh, of course. I mean, I knew that. Yeah, Shannon. You don't keep that on your calendar? Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah, we're booked up solid. Yeah. For guests. Am I allowed to come in that month? <laughs> yeah, you're the mag, you're the uh the, the Grand Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Colin from Michigan. Uh, so you're talking about Bigfoot. You need to look up Todd Stanley, and he was with the Survivor Men, Les Stroud, and he, they made a couple videos, and he actually has a couple videos and a couple pictures that are very clear that you can see the def definitions in the face, and it looks real. There he is. The Bigfoot guy. Oh, Did you look up Todd Stanley, Survivorman? No, I'm looking at him now. Mm -hmm. See these definitive photos. Todd Daytona. I personally have seen Bigfoot, although colloquially in Florida we refer to him as the Florida skunk ape. Yes. But he has glasses, he's got a little gray in his beard, and last I saw him he was traveling around in an RV telling everybody about the teachings of the Lord and doing media and podcast. <laughs> 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 That's a little inside, but it's really funny. <laughs> Alex Jones, he says it's uh, Bigfoot's not real, so I'm going to defer to him on this one. He's just trying to get some credibility for all of his other stuff. You know, if he if he if he could like this uh, disassociate himself from one popular conspiracy, maybe people hey, maybe this guy's really serious, and the rest of the stuff he believes is true. Mm, yeah, Bigfoot's just another part of the New World Order. Yeah. He's uh, trying to distract you away from the actual satanists. Oh, it might not be real, but it is a tool of the New World Order for yeah. sure. Oh, here's the old buddy Sam. I worked at a feed yard in Ainsworth, Nebraska. There were three different products that I brought into the feed mill at the feed lot. Corn to be ground for feed, wet grains to go into the feed from the alcohol plant, a byproduct, and another byproduct was a molasses from the corn, and that was also brought in in a tanker to go into the feed for the livestock. Okay. Thank Does that you. sound like the same kind of feed do you get? Uh, no, we don't. We that that is a commercial grade feed, but no, those are ingredients in feed. Yes, thank you. Sam. You feed. You have. You feed better uh, feed than that. Yeah, we only use op overpollinated seeds. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Me we, too. We, we make sure no GMOs, no hormones. We're very strict on what we feed our animals. But right. thank you, Sam. That was informative. You hey, what's up, Shando? Easy, Heather. Yes. Big man, Jonathan. Hey, I enjoyed our conversation Saturday on the phone. It was awesome. But, man, that was the best steak. The be That tomahawk is off the hook, man. And my cousin, they are going to be calling you. Or they're going to be uh, putting an order in for a meat box. She's, she looked up the website, and she was going to shop around, you know, figure out what she wanted. But, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Great show today, guys. Be-do, be-do. Uh, just All for right. the record, be careful with what web website, because I don't have one. <laughs> 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 be careful what website, meet, meet websites you're on. 
Well, it sounds like with all this info today from EZ, it's these uh, Bigfoots are probably Democrats. <laughs> They're on board with the climate hoax. And they, they could be just um, a form of human sloths. And they're being hunted down by these evil gun toters in Texas, you know, and I bet they would smell like Hillary or Muchel. Ah. <laughs> Yuck. Be-do-be-do. Hillary Clinton smelled like pea, uh, cabbage, and farts. Like what they wrote that what my massage therapist runs me with? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm also pretty sure Bigfoot's are Bernie supporters. How? It just seems like they would be. It's, he, yeah, if a Bigfoot talks, that's probably he'd probably he'd probably sound like uh, like Bernie, you know. Oh, yeah. It's cold out here. I could use a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jake gets a lot of attention. I love that lady's voice, by the way. Oh yeah, me too. She me was. too. I like it a lot. Hey, Shannon, I got a question for Jonathan. I've been buying those one-pound ground beef uh, like tubes for the freezer at the grocery store. Uh, I just want to know how long do they last. Um, how long can you keep them in the freezer? The tube of ground beef. The tube. The ch- it's called a chub in yeah. the in the industry. It's, it's called a chub of ground a chub. beef. A chub. Yeah, I yeah. don't uh, keep it till it's frozen. Keep it till you eat it. I, uh, depending on what it's packed in, a year. Yeah, this is sealed off with little metal staples at the end. You know, yeah, good for a year, year and a half in the freezer. Yeah, oh. preservatives in those suckers are probably good forever. Honestly, yeah, it yeah. could be. Mm. Soy diesel has been in production for a long time already. You can buy soy diesel in uh, many truck stops. There are byproducts that come from the soybeans that are that make the biodiesel, just like the corn for the ethanol, and those byproducts already go into feed for livestock. All right. Yes, sir. Jesus was a white guy. The Bible said he had a ruddy complexion. They said he blushed. And it said that he has hazel eyes. And the most famous descendant I know of Jesus was Queen Elizabeth. And she's pretty white. All right. Let that one stay there. No arguments here. I'll tell you, Shannon, the reason the show is always so good is because you think so much about it. Because it's on your mind and you focus on it and you know you need to be ready and make it the best it can be. You care about it. It's amazing how much it shows. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's a very nice compliment. Wow, that was nice. It's like my uh, baby, you know. Hey, Shannon T-Bone from Atlanta, man. Listening to you and Jonathan talk about taking a little time off from work now and then. Don't ever apologize for that, dude, especially when it's for family. And I know you're not, like, worried about it because to hell with people that have a problem with you. They can all suck it. But anyways... Like, wet weather for me as a landscaper. It drives me up the wall not working. But you know what? Sometimes good Lord sends you a little downtime just to let you regroup and keep moving. Be-doo freaking be-doo. That's right. Thank you, T-Bone. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, there have been times where when I went uh, home for whatever reason, I, went, I remember I, last year I went, I think, early in the year for a week, and I took the Comrex and did my, my thing from up there because I would have felt guilty about not doing it. Um, but you know, I do what I can. Hey, Shannon, man, we love you, man. Uh, when you miss a day, it's, uh, well, it's kind of like the Cowboys being, uh, postponed by rain. I don't think that's ever happened. (laughs) Uh, 
I, I look, I'm the same way. If I tune into a show that I want to hear and it's in the best of, I'm like, ah, oh, they're in the best of. But I'll listen to it anyway. You know. Mr. Morris, what is your preferred method for burnt ends? In my, go. In my mouth. And go. What is a burnt end? Burnt ends are the parts of the brisket or the pork or anything you cook, and it's the little thin parts that cut the fire and a little. Yeah, but up. I see guys on the internet that they get a, they get like a uh, a, 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 a a fat uh, what's the 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 bacon thing? The what is it called? The belly, the belly. Uh, and they dice it into squares, yes. and then they cook it one way, and they maybe boil it, parboil it, then they put it in a, then they brown it, and they put it in a smoker, and then they pull it out, and put barbecue sauce on it, and they're little crispy little uh, cubes. So I said oh, this goodness. to a lot of people when I first opened. I'm a farmer that opened a butcher shop, not a butcher that farms. So there's still a lot I don't know. Like To me, burnt ends are the pieces around the edges that get too hot and burn, and you cut them off because you really don't want to sell them. And then you find people that like them, and you sell them, and they want the burnt ends. That's what burnt ends well, are. They're, they're so popular that people say, screw everything else. I'm going to burn some ends on yeah. purpose and yes. make it burnt ends, and we're going to sell it as burnt ends. And Yes, there's a market for burnt ends. I yes. didn't know that. Yes. Well. So if there's a process for that, that I, I don't know about it. There is. Fantastic. Okay, Shannon, this is your pool guy. <laughs> now I'm going to take a dump in the deep end, all right? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take a dump in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Watch Cracker Lacking, brother. Great show. Love you guys. Ray Ray out. Beedoo. Beedoo. Ray Ray out. Ray Ray. By the way, BeedooBeedoo.com is a great new... Uh, uh, Beedoo Nation sweatshirts and t-shirts coming up. Just get the sweatshirt. Yeah, it's awesome. Praise pronoun Jesus. Hallelujah. Z has risen. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Terrible. Delmonico ribeye. What's the difference between the two? Beedoo, Beedoo. Bone in, boneless. Yeah? Uh, ribeye. Te- technically, the Delmonico is a boneless piece with just the eye. The ribeye has the bone in. Hmm. Yep. All right, then. And you, you shave a little more off to make the demo. Hey, hey, Shannon. Hey, I was wondering if uh, Jonathan's still around. Could you ask him where the taint steak is? Just one or two. Right there between the anus and the, and the yeah. taint steak. Hey, it's Sparky. Jonathan Morris, you need to call me when you do that sport cow hunt because I want in on that, dude. That sounds like fun right there. Be-do, be-do. Yeah, you can come out and electrocute some of them for me. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have that. Yeah, these cows, in the middle of the night, we go up and we scare the crap out of them. (laughs) That's cow tipping, isn't it? Yeah, we flip them over. Yeah. I heard that makes the steak more tender if you tip them over. (laughs) Yeah, or you can get your teeth knocked out. (laughs) Do you? Really? I've never done that before. I neither have I. Why would you tip over? Why would you try to tip over a thousand pound animal in the middle of the night? It's a thing. I heard it. They do it in the movies. Yes. I don't don't think people still do it, though. No. Hope not. I hope not. I knew a guy that his parents saved up money for him, went to school, had enough money for him to go for four years of college. He said he didn't want to go. Talked him into taking the money and opening up a pizza shack. Now he's opening up two. Been about five years. He's doing great. Not everybody has to go to school. Be do be do. Amen. That's it. You got it. I bet uh, Star Trek guy's pissed off. He never thought about the bagel. A shop that he could have owned. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, boy. 
Let's talk about JJ. Why'd he go vegan? What does he really know? <laughs> For the record, I have not officially been told about someone vegan, but if he did, he went vegan because of his liberal wife. Yeah. She probably thinks you're the scum of the earth, destroying the earth with your cows, flatulating Man. all over Florida, selling I, that poison listen, red meat. I love my son more than anything, and I'll take care of him and Emma if they ever needed me, but I've never known how a woman could take a, boy, a man from his family yeah. the way she did. I, I don't know. Kudos to her. You know, they, I don't know if they changed the V. The v. Changed the what? They changed the V, I guess. The V? Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to say it on the radio, the ladies' part? She's got a different style of vagina. Okay, to vagina. We say vagina on the radio? Yes. Because there's nothing my wife could do to me to make me leave my mom and daddy. If Amy, still today, after 28 years of marriage, said, hey, we're not going to see your mom and daddy no more, well, you need to leave right now. Right. The fact that whatever she got that made JJ hate all of us oh, and, and disown us, yeah. I can't wrap my head around it. Right. You know what I mean? I can think of a few things that I don't want to, you know, besmirch the good woman. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot is a threat to democracy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I'm stuck on marching the Lord. So, so. <laughs> I mean, you know, I understand. But, uh, for example, not this situation, but another situation. Say another guy. Okay. Uh, looks a lot like JJ, but it's not him. Right. <laughs> Works in a butcher shop, but it's not yours. Okay. And then along comes a liberal girl, and she can suck the chrome off a trailer hitch. Right. With that, the, can that <clears throat> can he withstand? The uh, the 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 urge. So the last conversation I had with him, I was like, "Did they put? Did they start putting gold in vagina?" And he got very mad about that conversation because I asked him that. What what is different about hers than your mom's? Your mom's gonna get me to leave our family. That's a weird question. Is that really? Was that wrong? <laughs> yeah. You went too far. You wouldn't talk yeah. to me either. That <laughs> <laughs> is effed up, Dad. Like, ah, I'm a terrible dad. <laughs> what up, everybody? Awesome from Tampa. Hey, Jonathan, me and my dad want some information on a half a cow. Um, I texted the, the shop on Sunday, so if you could send me a message on the details on a half a cow, we're interested. Appreciate you, man. Awesome. I thought you died. I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I'll text you uh, tomorrow. All right. Hey, guys, it's Bigfoot. Please call off all the conservatives with the guns. They're scaring me. <laughs> Jesus. Pretty sure that's what that dude meant, dude. It do, it doesn't ever happen. I think he was trying to give you a compliment. What is he talking about? I don't know. Oh, you care about the show? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, I, I took it as a compliment. Jeez. Why does Master give us meat that is frozen? <laughs> give it to us raw and wriggling. <laughs> Ah, please don't come to my shop. <laughs> Cow tipping is not real. <laughs> Cow tipping is not real. Is that a thing? News, fake news. I don't know why that should be a t-shirt right there. <laughs> Cow tipping is not real. Cow tipping ain't real. I've heard of it. I've never seen anybody do it. Never. I've never heard. It. I've never seen anyone do it either. But uh, it. It has to happen. I don't think you can get that close to a cow, to be honest with you. No, it was always the uh, movies, like the 80s, 90s, where it was like the comedy, if it was like a southern town, like, oh, we're going cow tipping. And they sneak oh, That's a cow. euphemism for taking a keg out in the woods and drinking out of the, hey, the bed of your truck or something. I don't think you sneak up on a cow. 
when you're leaving Oviedo, going into Chiliota, there's a <laughs> sign, a street sign says Taintsville. Yes. There's a town called Taintsville right there. Yeah. Too old to steal a sign, but I wish I had known about it when I was younger. That yeah. sign is multiple bolted down. It's <laughs> yeah, welded, sold it, it's electrified. Yeah. 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 Change the name to Perineum. <laughs> That'll be Perineum Town. Perineumville. <laughs> no, I'm a vegetarian. All right. Oh, come on. Well, Jonathan just went full pahokey there. <laughs> Never go full pahokey. <laughs> uh, what'd you go full pahokey on? Tank, I think. Oh, probably. Have you ever had a conversation with your doctor about your tank? No, I've never had an issue with it. And use the word tank. Not that I didn't have an issue either, but I would. Uh, I'm sure my doctor uh, would know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> well, when you're younger and you get, but if he was you, talking to me about it, he wouldn't say there's an issue in your tank, Shannon. They'd say your perineum, and I would say, oh, and I would know huh. what it, what it was. Okay, so Doctor Arduna gave me a physical. Hold on. I mean, honestly, if the doctor did say there's a problem with your taint, I'm gonna be like, where is that law degree? That medical degree? At? Birds aren't real. Damn it. Hey, it's Randy, Fort Walton Beach. Cow tipping is real. I have done it. All right. Uh -huh. yeah, well, I've tipped some cows in my JJ's wife uh, don't have gold in that thing, Jonathan. Issue sparks. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm from the Midwest. Cow tipping is real. Okay. Wow. My God. I thought so. He's right. Cow tipping is not real. What? I grew up in Arkansas. If anyone's going to successfully tip a cow, it's those rednecks. <laughs> oh my God. Holy smoke, Shannon. Look at those crew. Yeah. All right. Those are the remarks for today. Thank you for playing. Um, we'll take our final break here and come back to wrap it up with you. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Hey. Roxanne Watson is on a mission. Hello, how are you doing today? She wants more people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors. Are you an organ donor? Yes, I am. Yay. My goal is to sign up the most people in the United States. <laughs> what drives her? Roxanne's own life was saved through the gift of a heart transplant made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day that I was going to devote myself to the cause of organ donation and signing people up and honoring my donor by doing that. Now she's back to health and she's a powerful force helping to save lives every day through her work. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Eight people can be helped with the major organs and up to 50 people can be helped with a little bit of everything. And when you think about it that way, that you could help that many people, it's amazing, it really is. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle of the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day, someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started 
started doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ, eye, and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Uh, super cold temperatures uh, this winter. And in Rockford, Illinois, back in January, a Walmart there decided to give its employees a treat for making it into work. It's very cold outside. And... Um, it was, they posted about it on social media, uh, and they said, Burr, it's cold outside. We appreciate our associates for braving the cold to be here. Stay warm with some ramen noodle soup and crackers. And they took a picture, two employees standing in front of a couple of large boxes of ramen noodles. Uh, they remained open during the extreme weather and asked employees to come in and blah, blah, blah. And people went berserk. They're like, I can't believe this is real. Walmart, you're a Fortune 500 company. At the top of the list, you're a multi-billion dollar corporation, and you're a way to show appreciation to give your employees 55-cent ramens. <laughs> what were they expecting? People walking into work in minus 18-degree weather. Some people don't have cars. Some people cars didn't start, and they still showed up to work at somehow, some way, so they could get a paycheck, and you gave them ramen noodles. <laughs> what okay. I mean, what, what if they gave them nothing? Yeah. I didn't say anything about it at all, and no one would have been the wiser, but they did something nice. It wasn't the value. They wanted to help warm them up. Right. V ramen noodles warm up real quick, and you can feed a lot of people with them. Yeah, I mean, were they expecting, it's negative 18, where you're expecting to call a catering company, like, hey, I need you guys to bring in yeah. uh, your... Uh, yeah, your finest clam chowder, and uh, some of those nice little lamb chops that you do with the mint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess they wanted some chunkies from the back aisle, some chunkies in a can. I mean, no one, no one shows appreciation anymore. Some other people did. They said, look, I worked overnight for six years for Walmart. They never gave me, they've never been this gracious to me. We're lucky if we get leftover mini cupcakes. Oh, wow. No, that's good. <laughs> well, I got five pieces of bite-sized candy for Christmas at our Walmart, along with two tacos for at our Christmas dinner. No joke. <laughs> two tacos. <laughs> yeah. Instead of people just saying, thank you, Walmart, for giving us something hot and steamy. Right. They got a bitch about it. Yeah. All right, that's it for us today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Jonathan. Yes, sir. Thank for you. hanging out. Thank you, Easy. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. She can now hear us. Thanks to Larry. Uh, we're back tomorrow at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. Bubba the Love Sponge uh, gets the, a national treasure, quite honestly. Uh, should be some type of congressional, you know, notice of that. Uh, and then it's Don Miller time. After that, we're a funny, funny mf -er. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Shannon Burke. Have a good night.